In today's story, the subscriber has the creepiest neighbor of all time. Enjoy. So the subscriber who uh, we'll call John, right? So John has a sister, and John's sister, let's call her Kate. Kate and John, right? So Kate and John, they're moving. This is like, you know, they live in the same house for their entire lives. But for some reason, right, their parents, it was either time to move or they wanted to move. Or, I don't know, maybe the the dad or the mom got a job somewhere. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they wanted a better school system. Uh, maybe they needed a, you know, more energy efficient place to mine Bitcoin. I don't know, man. Like, it's not my life. But anyways, right, so they're moving. And uh, Emily and uh, John and Kate. Emily and John, what the, what? Why'd I call him em Anyways, Kate and John, right, you know, they like their old house, the move's a bit tough, but they're open, they're optimistic, they're uh, really excited to not have complete weirdo psycho neighbors, but uh, yeah, that's a little unlucky, I'm gonna say, is GG unlucky, not well played. Anyways, right, so, you know, Kate and John, they're, they move into their new house with their parents, and uh, it's move-in day, there's a lot of boxes to move. And, you know, they go upstairs, and they see these empty rooms, and they're like, all right, Kate, this is your own room. All right, John, this is your room, right? And this is the Bitcoin mining room. This will be the entire second floor. No, I'm just kidding. But anyways, right, uh, I don't know why I have an obsession with that being their reason for moving. But anyways, right, anyways, anyways, anyways. You know, uh, so John's uh, bedroom faces out to the neighbor's house. Kate's bedroom's on the same floor, but it faces out to the street. Uh, it's a decently spacious house. There, It's a nice house. Like, there's no complaints right away with the house. Like, a decent neighborhood, too. It's pretty. It's, like, decently. It's close to, like, a little mini city, but it's also, like, away from it at the same time, if you know what I mean. It's a, it's a nice house. They're very happy with it. But, you know, they're moving boxes, they're moving in, uh, John has, you know, he's moving into his room, he's moving some boxes up the stairs, and then he hears his sister Kate yell, John, can you come here for a minute? And John's like, yeah, sure, whatever, she probably needed help moving something, or maybe she saw, I don't know, man, a spider or something that, you know, she wanted him to move. So anyways, and he goes down, and he's like, okay, Kate, you know, you know, what's up, what's up, like, what's going on, what's the deal? And she's like, uh, this is gonna sound a little weird, but, uh... I, I I think the neighbor was just looking at me, and John's like, yeah, okay, and he looks outside the window, and he doesn't see anyone there. He's like, all right, well, they're probably just curious, you know, they're probably just curious that, you know, who's moving in, what do they look like? I wouldn't really think of it as that big of a deal, but, uh, you know, that's still a little weird, don't like being watched, but don't worry, Kate, they're probably just like, you know, they're probably just like curious. They're probably just curious. So after Kate calls him and, you know, he goes and says that, you know, they're probably just curious, John, John didn't really think anything of it. Kate was still kind of like a little weirded out, like a little weirded out, 100%, but uh, she didn't really think much of it either. They kind of just thought, oh, you know, that makes sense. The neighbors are just curious to see who's moving in. Yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense, whatever. But that night, you know, John, you know, he's going to bed and he's just like, you know, he's playing some games, moving in, you know, he's tired, man. It was a long, it was a long move in, right? It was a long day, kind of been a long week because they'd have to like pack up the entire house. Then they had to move, like they they decided to drive and it was a pretty long drive. They're pretty far away, right? And then they had to unpack the entire car. They had to, you know, set up the entire house and John was exhausted, man. So, you know, he, you know, just fell into his bed and yeah, he went right to sleep. But, you know, you know, he had to wake up a couple hours later because he had to go to the bathroom. And, you know, John was just walking to the bathroom, which was, like, outside in the hallway, down the hallway, you know, and whatever, right? The bathroom was on his floor. 
And he was walking out, went to the bathroom, and he walked back into his room. And the thing is, you know, his room, there was a window facing out to the neighbor's house. And the, what he noticed, right, he, he, he got a slight glance, like a little bit of a glance, and it, because at this point, his eyes had adjusted to the dark, so he could see outside. And he got a little bit, his eyes, he got a little bit of a, like, he looked over very briefly as he was walking in, and he saw, like, the, a window, right, the window facing him. The curtains were drawn a little bit, and he thought he saw, like, two eyes staring right back at him. And he was, like, he was freaked out for a second. He's like, oh, dude. He, so he goes into bed, pretending like he didn't see anything. He didn't want to startle. He, he wanted to be very incognito. He wanted to just kind of, like, slide in. He's like, oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. Like, that's kind of weird. John was sitting in bed, and obviously he did not fall right back asleep. He was sitting there like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, the first thing with his sister, you know, Kate, could be excused because, like, you know, someone's just, like, looking at their new neighbor's going into their house. Okay, that's pretty normal. But you know, this guy, John was walking back to his bed, right? And he was very uncomfortable sitting there because like his bed was like, could be seen through the window. So he kind of like, you know, held the blankets up a little bit to shield his face or whatever. Cause he was like, dude, that's not normal. Like someone was watching me at like two in the morning through their window, like, oh my God. And he's like, wait a minute. What if they're still watching me? So what he does is he takes out his phone and as like, as like incognito, as stealthily as possible, he kind of turns it enough to take a video outside the window, right? And because he's facing like basically inside of the window and you know, he, you know, he's done filming, he checks his phone and it's very difficult to see. It's very pixelated. It's dark. It's hard for him to tell. But there's, an, there's like a street lamp outside, as well as eyes have kind of adjusted, right? There's just enough light flooding in that he can see the outline of the curtains. And the outline he sees of these curtains, the curtains are drawn. Yeah. The person was still there, still looking at John through the window. And uh, yeah, John was a little freaked out, to say the least. To say the very least, John not feeling so good sitting there. So what he did was he got up as if he was going to the bathroom again. And he walked calmly out of his room and then he bolted down the hall and he just went into his sister's room and he's like, hey, 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 hey. And she's like, she gets up all startled, like, oh my God, was there like a fire or something? Did my dad's, you know, Bitcoin miner like set a fire? I don't know why I'm obsessed with that backstory. I just am, guys. I'm sorry. I am who I am. And he goes into Kate's room and he basically explains everything I just explained to you. And at this point, she's like weirded out as well. Even though they don't have a direct like line and of sight to her, she's still freaked out as well because they were looking at her earlier. Like, understandably, she was weirded out. And she's just like, like, uh, John, what do we do? Like, oh my God, like this is so, like this is just so uncomfortable and weird. Like, what do we do? And John's like, okay, so we just moved. Uh, that probably means that, you know, there's maybe a decent shot that we can like move out because of like, uh, there's probably something like there has to be something. So we basically, you know, you know, Kate, like you and I need to figure out a way to gather evidence as kind of like proof so that we can prove to our parents, right? That, uh, uh this is weird. Uh, something a little weird is going on. Something not normal is going on. So, uh, and they sit there and they devise a plan. So they sit there and they're saying, okay, our mom is definitely not going to believe us, right? Our mom is definitely going to think that we're just paranoid, or mom and dad, right? And by no means will they just move because, like, the neighbors looked at us once or something, or looked at us during the normal time of day, and at nighttime they're going to be thinking to themselves, oh, you know, these, you know, these kids are just, like, thinking so much, like, whatever, right? But we need to figure out a way to capture on video proof that these neighbors are weirdos 
and that, you know, we need to move because this feels really weird and uncomfortable. So they, they devise a plan that the next night, right, John was going to go back to his room, his room that which was in plain sight of the neighbors who were kind of spying on him earlier, right? But Kate, the sister, she was going to like somehow be sneakily like from a, like a downstairs window videotaping upwards and getting like getting on camera proof of the neighbor opening their window and staring through the window looking at john in his bedroom speaking of creepy neighbors today's secret word is neighbor so if you made it this far into the video i'd like you to comment neighbor down below n-e-i-g-h-b-o-r uh yeah or however it's in the title uh, if you don't know how to spell it, just do that. I just like to see how many people made it this far into the video. I'll try and hard a bunch of them. I can't get to them all, but I'll do my best. Also, I just like to have a little uh, on-screen shout out of this uh, fan art that was made for me, which I thought was pretty cool. I'll be linking the video of it in the description so you can go like leave a nice comment or something. Uh, this was sent to me on my Instagram. Uh, you can either send me stuff or story videos like the ones I tell on my Instagram, link to the description. But while you're down there, also make sure to go you know, to this video that's in the description of the fan art. Say something nice. Finally, one like in this video equals one nothing delivered to your door. And yeah, back to the story. So basically, right, they have this plan in motion. And, you know, the next day rolls around. They kind of like go downstairs to figure out exactly how this plan's going to work. So they go into the kitchen and they find a pretty good window that can get a decent view of the window that the neighbors have been kind of looking out of sneakily, right? And, you know, so they, you know, they, they scout it out and they're like, okay, how are we going to get a good light source, right? How are we going to get like a good view of it? And then, you know, they check around and then, you know, the subscriber, like, you know, uh, John remembers, he's like, wait a minute, I do distinctly remember having a decent enough, being able to capture it on video enough, but the lighting wasn't good enough to prove to my parents. And that's when John remembered that outside, right, there were these motion sensor lights. So basically, right, these lights, you know, they were set to be turned off because the parents didn't really like them because, you know, there's like animals and stuff that would like run around and then these like really bright lights almost like, almost like very, like, very, very bright lights would go off, right? And, uh, you know, they, they turn them off, but you can manually turn them on and turn them off. And the idea would be they would flood the back lights with a lot of light, kind of showing, like, what, you know, was caught in the motion sensor. And, you know, this, you know, John was like, those would definitely have enough light. And those would, and those kind of, like, flood the entire back of his house, and that's where the neighbor's house would be. So it would light up, you know, that would be definitely enough light to catch them on camera successfully. So now the working plan that they had decided would be that, you know, Kate would go downstairs. She would set up her camera to record and she would, you know, she would kind of wait for the neighbor to start like watching, right? And, uh, you know, Kate would then, once the neighbor started watching, she would set up the camera and just like leave it there. That's like recording a good view of the neighbor's outside window. And then what she would do would be is she would go to another window uh, not like not in the kitchen in the room adjacent to it have the window be down and have like a stick or a rock or something and just throw it outside right just throw something out yes it would maybe the neighbor would see it but either way it would trigger the motion light and uh, that would be the plan and then you know they catch the neighbor on video and then they'd have video proof and uh yeah so anyways right that was the plan and you know the night came around and, you know, subscriber, John, right, he's a little, like, he's a little freaking out. He's not feeling so good, right, because he's basically like, okay, so I gotta be, 
I gotta be the bait, basically. I unfortunately gotta be the bait. I gotta be like the little, you know, piece of fish cable trying to bait in a massive shark. Like, I don't, I don't know how I'm feeling about it. Like, you know, whenever someone has to be the bait in one of these, like, movies, it's always, like, the high-risk, low-reward type role. It's like, it's just like, what are you gonna get? Like, obviously, it's an integral to the plot. It's integral to, the, you know, the plan, of course. They need to do it. However, right, it's a, it's a little unlucky. It's a little GG unlucky for that guy. Like, uh, poor John, he needs to sit there knowing that the neighbor is going to be weirdly looking at him, just, like, staring, just, uh, like, okay, bro, uh, hello, hello, sir. But anyways, right, he, he gets over himself, and he's like, you know what, I do not want to be in this house much longer, and if I do this for one night, we have a decent shot of moving, so... I'm just gonna get over myself. So anyways, right, the night rolls around, and, uh, you know, John, he's sitting there in his bed, and he was playing some games, and then eventually he decides to turn off his light, and he's just on his phone. And he's gonna make it look like he's just kind of, like, maybe just, like, going on Instagram, checking the Bitcoin miner app. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm stuck on that. I'm stuck on that plot line. Anyways, no, he's just gonna be on his phone, make it look like he's just in bed, you know, looking at his phone. And while he's doing that, right, what he's actually going to be doing is he's going to be communicating with his sister as well as kind of like kind of being like, you know, just on- online, checking out what's happening, just communicating in to see what's happening, right? So while that's happening, the sister's going to go downstairs. So John gets in the bed, and he kind of like, you know, he gets in there, he turns off the lights, and he just like sends a, 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 a message to Kate, and he's like, okay, you know, what's the deal? And so Kate's downstairs, and she's waiting, and she's waiting and then she sees it. She's waiting, she's looking out the window, she's on her phone, she's looking up, she's a little bored, and then she sees the curtains part just a little bit. So Kate immediately sends a text saying, okay, uh, you know, they're looking, and John's like, uh, <laughs> okay. And she's like, okay, I'm recording, I have my camera set up, and she, she can't text John again because she's recording this with her camera. So John just has to wait there because he knows this as well. He just has to wait there. So Kate is like, she sets up the camera. She runs into the uh, the room next to the kitchen. And, you know, she's she looks up again to make sure because she's got one shot with this because if the person goes away and the floodlights turn on, they're probably not going to look out the window at least for another second, right? Or she's probably, or at least they, they might even wait a couple days or weeks before they start doing it again. So she's like, I got one shot with this. She just kind of peeks over into the kitchen. Yep, her phone is still on. It didn't shut off or anything. It wasn't like low battery mode. We stopped recording. <laughs> or like her, she also made it on like do not disturb. So her friends would just like, Call her at the worst time possible. So she's like, all right, screw it. Takes like some kind of like, some kind of like, I think a spatula or something from the kitchen, throws it out into the yard, and thankfully she gets it in line with the motion detector, and she turned it on. Like what they did was earlier, they made sure to flip it on like right before like John went to bed. And sure enough, the lights flash on, and like completely flood the backyard with light. The the lights were way too bright. That was one of the reasons that they were manually turned off. And uh, yeah, sure enough, you know, it catches, you know, the the person in the window. I mean, Kate looks up through the window, the room next to the kitchen, and she sees the person very clearly looking at them in the window, and they they actually like shut the curtain. And Kate runs back into the kitchen, grabs her phone, stops recording, checks back at the tape, and sees it. They see the perfect. They see the person basically in perfect light with this floodlight. And Kate, you know, sends a text to John. We got him. So basically, right? John grabs a blanket, a pillow, and goes and sleeps in Kate's room on the floor because he's like, "Yeah, okay, we got proof of it now. I'm not being like delusional or insane or anything. I'm not sleeping in my room." And yes, yeah, so the next day rolls around, and they say, "Hey, mom, can we talk for a second? And the mom is like, "Yeah, sure. What's up?" And, you know, they basically explain everything that I explained to you. 
And then um, they, they show her the video and it's very clear. And the mom says, wow, like your dad and I actually have experienced the same thing like two nights ago. And believe it or not, we're actually in the process of moving. We just didn't want to scare you kids saying that the neighbors were stalk like stalking us basically. But they're really weird. We got freaked out. And uh, thank you guys actually a lot for bringing this to us because now we have something to show our tenants like hard proof we were just going to try and like you know change it up and say that like there was mold or we didn't like it or something but oh my god yeah and the kids are just like oh my god wait like you guys knew and they're like yeah we just didn't want to scare you you we're planning on moving out like actually tonight believe it or not i was actually just about to like sit you down and kind of try and explain it to you guys without freaking you guys out and they're just like oh my god like uh, I guess that worked out. So yeah, that night, uh, John and Kate, you know, they packed up the house with their parents and they were in a motel for like one or two weeks. And then they were able to, they actually moved into another house and it was like, uh, the rent, uh, basically the realtor like saw the complaint was like, oh my God, that's like, I'm so sorry. Had like a house in limbo, let them stay there for like a couple months. And then they eventually were settled in their forever home, happily ever after, or, or at least I think. Subscribe if you haven't already, watch another story video on screen and 5,000 likes on this video, and I'll unironically join the Illuminati piece. How's it going, everyone? I hope you're having a great day, because today we have a story of the worst neighbors ever. Do you think you have bad neighbors? Do you think that you know someone who has bad neighbors? Wrong. These are the worst neighbors ever. So sit back, relax, subscribe to the channel if you're new, and we're calling the, the subscriber who submitted this story, Sophia. So anyways, right, this happened a couple years ago. Sophia and her mom and her dad lived on this neighborhood and the house next to them, it was always going for sale. It always seemed like whenever someone would buy the house, they would immediately try and flip it, as it was actually quite a nice house. Sophia's house was pretty normal. She lived pretty normally, but the house next to her was like an extremely nice house. No one totally knows why that house happened to be there in their neighborhood, but, you know, no complaints, it looks nice, whatever. And it just seemed like they never really had neighbors. So one day, right, you know, you know, Sophia's mom said, hey, like, you know, someone bought the house a couple weeks ago, and it really does look like they're moving in. We might actually have neighbors for the first time in years. So Sophia and her parents were like, oh, that's pretty cool. We'll make sure to be very, you know, courteous to our new neighbors and, you know, Ask them if they need help moving in, maybe invite them over, something like that. So about a week later, there's a moving van, and there's a bunch of people moving boxes into the house. It seems like the neighbors purchased the service where people would come and move the stuff in for them, or at least move the boxes in. Moving's hard. Totally understandable. So then Sophia and Sophia's mom are like, you know what, maybe tonight when all the moving is done and all the dust is settled, you know what, let's do it tomorrow. Tomorrow night, when all the dust is settled, you and I will go over there and we will, you know, knock on the door and we'll just ask them if anything's like how everything's going and then invite them over to dinner, you know, tomorrow night. We'll have them over and it'll be great. So anyways, next day, or at least the next day's night, Sophia and her mom, they walk over to the house, they knock on the door and there's no response. There is a car in the driveway though, so Sophia and Sophia's mom are like, okay, well maybe we'll knock a little bit louder. So they knock a little bit louder, and that's when they hear kind of like a door open and then footsteps, and then the door, then kind of the door handle or the doorknob turns, it opens, and they're greeted by someone who can't be more than 18, 19 years old. So a teenager, right? And Sophia's like, Hi there. And Sophia's mom's like, hi, like, we're your next door neighbors. We just wanted to know how's everything going. And the teenager was actually, you know, she's nice. She's like, hey guys, like, thank you so much for coming over and saying hello. My name is, I don't know, 
Audrey, uh, you know, uh, so great to see you guys. Um, my sorry, like my parents aren't here. They're not they you know, they're busy. They're always traveling the world doing stuff. They both have pretty intense jobs. So I don't think that they're gonna they're not gonna be back for a while. Sophia's mom's like, Oh, well, that's that's too bad. Like, uh, well, I mean, I was gonna invite all of you guys over for dinner uh, tomorrow night. But maybe if it's just you, I mean, if you'd like to come over, it's an open invitation. And Audrey, the teenager who lived next door, was like, I really do appreciate that, but I already have plans. Uh, but thank you guys so much for coming over. You know, I'm, you guys seem like great neighbors. I was a little nervous. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you guys to be my neighbors, and I hope everything is good. And with that, Audrey shuts the door. And Sophia and Sophia's mom kind of look at each other like, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, now we don't have to host anyone tomorrow, and we also offered up the invitation, so we are good neighbors. So, so, so Sophia and Sophia's mom really think nothing of this. They think, well, this seems like a nice enough girl, and it seems like the neighbors aren't even going to be there a lot, which is kind of a good catch, because, like, you know, if they're not there, how bad can they be? Here's the problem in that statement, if you were paying attention. So uh, Audrey's, the, the neighbor girl, parents aren't going to be there often, that doesn't mean she's not going to be there often. And when a 19, 20-year-old has a massive, really fancy house to themselves and their parents aren't there often, that's actually probably going to be the opposite of good neighbors. Just a little suggestion. So anyways, about a week passes and it's uh, nighttime. It's like 9 o'clock. Sophia and her parents are watching like a movie together and that's when they start to hear like music and they start to hear like the very, you know, kind of like the very faint hum of music. It's like a little familiar, but you just can't put your finger on it. It's like, oh, I've probably heard that song on the radio a million times, but it's not like, it's not clear enough for me to hear it. So Sophia's like, do you hear music? And Sophia's dad's like, I hear music. And Sophia's mom's like, up, gets up, walks out. And Sophia and Sophia's mom walk out to the window where they can clearly see the house, you know, their neighbor. And that's when they can hear the music a little bit more. They lift up the window and the music is very clear. They see lights. They see a bunch of cars in the driveway of the neighbor's house. They see kind of like lights on. They see people in the backyard. There's a pool in the backyard too. They see some people swimming. They see a bunch of coolers with a ton of grape juice in there. Grape juice, apple juice, all the juice you could imagine if you know what I mean. And you know, Sophia and Sophia's mom kind of look at each other. And Sophia's mom's what, like, well, well, that's okay. I mean, she is just, you know, getting used to the house. And I can only imagine. It must be so lonely without your parents there. So, you know, this is fine. I mean... It's 9 o'clock anyways. I mean, people are allowed to enjoy themselves. Then it's 10 o'clock. Then it's 11 o'clock. Then it's 12. Then it's 1 in the morning. And Sophia's like, Mom, I can't go to sleep. And Sophia's mom's like, yeah, I know. The music continues to be loud. You know, they've shut all the doors. But the faint hum is like, it's like, it's, it's like just annoying enough to keep them from falling asleep. And so... The party is, in fact, even more loud and more rambunctious than it was at 9, 10, or 11, or 12. It seems like people just keep showing up. And Sophia's mom's like, okay, well, you know what? Hopefully, this is a one-time thing. You know, hopefully, this is a one-time thing. It doesn't happen a bunch of times. You know, it's fine. People can have parties once in a while. You know, when we threw that, you know, that party for your, you know, your birthday and people stayed kind of late. And Sophia's like, mom, that was nothing like this. And Sophia's mom's like, yeah, I know, honey. I'm just trying to give her the benefit of the doubt, okay? 
I'm sorry. <laughs> like, honey, please, I, I'm trying to give her, like, the benefit of the doubt here. And so, sure enough, around, like, 2.30, they're all able to fall asleep. And, you know, Sophia's parents have to do something the next day. This party was on a Sunday, which is, you know, during the summer, so the kids don't really have a lot to do. Maybe they have a job or something. But the parents get up the next morning, and Sophia's up, and Sophia's like, hi, Mom, hi, Dad. And they're like, because they have to go into work now. And Sophia's like, well, you know, hopefully that was a one-time thing. Otherwise, she seems like a great neighbor. Sophia's dad's like, I don't know about that, sweetie, but I guess we'll see. And so sure enough, that night, they're sitting and they're finishing the movie. And Sophia's parents are like, you know what? I don't know if we can completely finish this movie. because, Or they were starting a new one. They're watching something. They're like, I don't know if we can really like finish this. Like, We got to go to bed early. We definitely did not get an adequate amount of sleep last night. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I don't really know. Like, I'm sorry about that. And Sophia's like, that's fine, mom. At 830, you know, Sophia's dad's like, all right, I think I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> and that's when they heard it again, the faint hum of music. And Sophia's like, oh, no. And Sophia's mom's like, oh, no. And Sophia's dad's like, no. They all, like, rush out to see the window. They open it up. And once again, cars start piling in. And they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. So sure enough, party, super loud, rambunctious, people everywhere, talking, people jumping the pool, water splashes. At this point, right, they're able to fall asleep a bit earlier because they try and go to sleep right away. So they're restless in bed for like four hours, but then they eventually fall asleep. Next morning, Sophia's up and she's like, hi, mom and dad. And they're like, uh, except to go to, they, they're going to work, man. And, you know, the next day, right, you know, when they're, you know, they're watching TV and they're very kind of like anxiously waiting for noise to happen for music. And there's no music. There's no noise. And, you know, around 930, you know, the parents are like, all right, we're going to go to bed. And Sophia's like, well, there's no party. Maybe this will be the end of the parties, right? So they actually like go over to the window and they look. And there are now three cars or there are three cars parked in the driveway. And Sophia's like, there are three cars. That, that's two more cars than normal. And then Sophia's mom's like, well, maybe the parents are home. So Sophia, her mom, and her dad walk over to the house, and they knock on the door. And, you know, a new person greets them. And it looks like Audrey, the girl next home, it looks like her, but older. So they assume, is this like Audrey's mom? They say, hey, are, are you the parents who live here? And, uh, you know, Audrey's mom and dad, who walked up to the door, said, yes, hello there. You must be our neighbors. And, Audrey, and uh, Sophia's parents are like, yeah, it's like... How's it going? Like, I, uh, this, this is a great neighborhood. You made a great choice. Um, we're your neighbors right over there. And they point to their house. Uh, you know, we'd love to, you know, invite you over to dinner. We're also aware that you're very busy. So anytime works this week. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry. We're actually just stopping over tonight and leaving tomorrow. We just wanted to make sure that Audrey was doing all right and that things were going smoothly over here. And we, we got some crazy business stuff to go and do. We really appreciate it, though. You guys seem to be great neighbors from what Audrey has told us. And uh, thank you so much. And can, can we have your number? Just, just in case, you know, because, you know, a lot of time Audrey's here by herself. And we just want to make sure she's okay. And, you know, um, you know, Sophia's parents are like, yeah, okay, we'll take your number. So they take their number, right? And, you know, they give their number to Audrey's parents and then they pass ways. And Sophia's like, all right, well, I guess if Audrey gets like bad enough, we can always, you know, text her parents. And Sophia's parents are like, yeah, we should be careful though, because that's going to be, that's going to, that's going to be our last trick up our sleeve if we're being honest. 
So sure enough, right, you know, her parents leave the next morning. Sophia watches as the cars pull out of the driveway. And for, like, the rest of the summer, there's about, like, four to five parties every single week. Sophia's parents get the worst sleep that they have ever gotten in a long time. And it's not great. It was not a great summer. So, yeah, it was a pretty tough summer for them, but the school year was starting and, you know, Audrey's parents, or not Audrey's parents, Sophia's parents were like, you know what, this is going to be good because, you know, Audrey probably is going to go away to college or if she's college nearby, she at least won't be going hard every single day. And Sophia was pretty happy about this because, you know, she goes to the high school there and like she needs to wake up pretty early and she needs to like do her work at night. And so it was the first week of school and there was no parties, no nothing. Things were turning out pretty good. They were pretty happy about this. So Sophia one day was just in her room. It was like nine at night and it was like on a Tuesday. And she was like writing up like a lab report for her chemistry class. And that's when she heard the all too familiar buzz of music that was a little too faint, but was definitely coming from somewhere. And she's like, please tell me I'm just imagining things. Because she was, like, very anxiously waiting for, like, one of these, like, crazy parties to, like, annoy her parents, right? (laughs) She was just waiting for one of these things to happen. So she's like, I'm probably just imagining things. I'm probably just coming up with things. And that's when her, you know, uh, her mom, Sophia's mom, bursts through the door and says, it's happening, Sophia. It's happening. She isn't going home. It's a Tuesday. Oh, my God. And at this point, right, all three of them rush out to the window, they look out, and it is one of the crazy parties, like, that they had in, I, I don't know, like, that they had during, over the summer, and Sophia's like, okay, well, mom, you know, it is, like, late August, maybe she goes to one of those colleges that start, like, in the middle of September, so they're hoping, right, you know, at this point, you know, they're like, Sophia, like, you might need to start doing your homework earlier, just in case this continues to happen, so for the remainder of August, the next couple weeks, and the first week of September, These parties happen like three to four times a week, continuously. And Sophia is doing her homework early, but it's getting more and more difficult because as the school year continues on, it's hard. She gets more and more work. And this is when it's like midway through September. Sophia is trying to do a project. She is a lab due. Her partners aren't really, her partners aren't pulling their weight. So Sophia, Sophia has to pick up the slack. She's stressing out. And that's when it's like 930. She hears the buzz of music and she needs at least two more hours to finish her work and she can't concentrate. And she's like, runs into her mom's room. She's like, mom, I need to do a present. Like I need to do a project, like a big lab report. This is a big part of my grade. I need at least two more hours to do it. I can't focus with the music. Like this is ridiculous. Doesn't she go to college or something? Like it's in the middle of September. No way her college starts in like October or something like that. And you know, Sophia's mom's like, Sophia, I have bad news. I was just casually talking with Audrey's parents and Audrey's parents just brought up the fact that she was having, she was taking a gap year to pursue her like fashion company, but I have, which basically means she's going to be in that house every day pursuing her fashion company, which basically means having people over every night and for the rest of the year. And Sophia's mom's like, I I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do. And that's when Sophia's dad is like, I know what to do. Real quick, the secret word of the day is neighbor or neighbors, whichever one you want to comment. Uh, I will try and heart as many of those comments to say neighbor down below. Uh, And also, if you want to support the channel at this point or later on, sit down and binge watch some videos and let me know in the comment section what you're doing while you're watching them or how many of the videos you've watched. Thank you guys so much for doing that once again. And let's get back to the story. 
So anyway, Sophia's dad says, I know what to do. And Sophia's mom and dad look at each other and they look at Sophia and say, hey, we're going to call the non-emergency line and basically report a party going on. Because there was a rule that like passed, I think, like 10 or something. You can't be making that much noise. And also, it's pretty clearly like, you know, underage kids with uh, apple juice, the one that you're not supposed to be having if you're underage, right? And so they're like, screw it. Like, we've given her plenty of like, you know... (laughs) We've given her chances, like, we got to do it. So anyways, they call up, you know, the non-emergency line. They're like, all right, we'll send someone over there. We'll break it up, like, no problem. And sure enough, like, Sophia feels a little bad, but she watches. And 20 minutes later, this cop car comes up, like, knocks on the door. They see the door open. They see some people in the back start, like, kind of getting nervous, trying to, like, hide all the apple juice, jumping over the fence, trying to disperse, right? And sure enough, within 20 minutes, basically everyone either got in their car and left or jumped over the fence and the party was completely done. And Sophia was like, you know, I feel bad, but like she's done this every day, four days a week or whatever. And, you know, I need like I need to work. This is kind of ridiculous. And so Sophia was able to finish up her science project. All good. She got the lab report nice and done. And, uh, you know, the next day, you know, they uh, she goes in, submits her project. Life is good. Things are good. And, you know, Sophia comes back, is just waiting with her parents. You know, uh, she doesn't actually have any work that day. It's a Friday night. They go to, like, uh, you know, watch some television together. And they don't hear the typical hum of music that they normally did because Sophia routinely had them on Fridays. She had them on other random days throughout the week, but she always had them on Fridays. And they were like, oh, it's like 9.30. Like, I'm surprised that, like, there isn't anything going on right now. And Sophia's like, well, we did, you know, we did call the cops on them last time. So they're probably, if they're having anything, they're probably doing it a lot more discreetly or they're just not doing anything at all. And Sophia's like, you know, I feel a little bit bad. And Sophia's dad's like, Sophia, don't feel bad. Like, this girl next door is taking advantage of her parents' absence and having people over four times a week, not even over the summer, which was annoying but understandable to an extent. But during, like, you know, the school year, like, she knows that, like, there are other people in the neighborhood that have jobs, that go to school, that need to do things, you know, that need to go to sleep before 10 10 at night, you know? Don't feel bad about this. So that made Sophia feel a little bit better. So, you know, she went to sleep and the next day they woke up and Sophia and her mom were walking out because Sophia was like walking over to the bus stop and Sophia's mom was walking, you know, to get her like to go to her car. And that's when they both stop and turn around and they look at their house and their house is covered in eggs. Yes, their house has been egged. If you don't know, a lot of like teenagers, not a lot actually, very few, but it's, it's, it's like teenagers will show their disrespect by quote unquote egging a house, basically taking, uh, you know, eggs, throwing them at them. It's a crime. Don't do it. It's also ridiculous and stupid. Little disclaimer. I've never done that. And I had, don't have any friends who've ever done that. It's ridiculous. You're an idiot if you do it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I just have to say that, right? But that, that is my honest opinion. So anyway, Sophia and Sophia's mom are looking up. Their entire house is egged. So Sophia's mom's like, oh my God, who could have done this? And Sophia's like, I think I have a suspicion, right? And Sophia turns to her mom and is like, what if, you know, Audrey knows that it was us that turned her in? Sophia's mom's like, what if? 
Like, what if she knew that? What, like, oh my god, but what if it's someone else? What if there's, like, a criminal organization that's egging your house? And Audrey, or, uh, Sophia's like, Mom, it is not a criminal organization that decided to throw eggs at our house. It's obviously an angsty teenager. And who's the one angsty teenager who may or may not be upset with us? Because we probably were the ones, you know, that called the police on their party. And Audrey's mom, or uh, Sophia's mom's like, uh, yeah, you're probably right. Well, we gotta call someone to clean this up, and, you know, what if this happens again? And Sophia's like, well, if this happens again, we need proof. And, you know, Sophia's mom's like, you know, I have been thinking for a while, your dad and I have been talking, you know, maybe this is just the time to pull the, you know, to, to pull the trigger and get a security camera. And Sophia's so like, or, yeah, Sophia's like, yeah, okay, that sounds, sounds good. So anyways, they call up two people, someone to install security cameras and someone to clean the house. And the person to clean the house comes earlier in the day. Security camera person comes in, you know, the afternoon and they're talking with Sophia's mom and Sophia's back and they look and, you know, security cameras are put up somewhat discreetly, but they're put around the, like the premises and the person says, all right, so download this app on your phone and, you know, do this thing on the computer and you will have, you know, access to these camera feeds. It also will record it. There are also motion sensors. So if you want, you can have a notification whenever there's motion and also record for like 24 hours, then it just automatically deletes so that you don't have too much storage. You can also have an option where you pay 99 cents to have whatever, right? So, you know, they go to sleep and they're like, all right, feeling a little bit better about this. And that's when they wake up the next day. And once again, the entire house is egged because, you know, they wake up because they walk out. You know, Sophia and Sophia's mom kind of forgot about the egging that happened last night. But then they when they walked out, they're like, oh, my God, because they turn around. And once again, their entire house is just covered in eggs that have been pulled or pulled pelted at the house, right? Completely covered. Sophia's mom's like, oh my God, I got to call the cleaning person again. This is so embarrassing. And Sophia's like, mom, mom, like, let's check the security camera footage. And Sophia's mom's like, well, you'll miss, you'll miss school or something. And she's like, you know what? Today doesn't even matter. Like we're, we're not doing anything that important. Just say I'm sick. Sophia's mom's like, well, I should really bring you to school. And Sophia's like, mom, let me, let me help you with this. Like just, and Sophia's mom's like, fine, whatever. Calls up the school, says that she's sick. I don't know any parent that would do that, but anyways, her, her, her mom did, so we're cool. So Sophia and Sophia's mom goes, probably because Sophia's mom needed help with the you know, technology or whatever. Sophia and her mom walk back in, and they, uh, they go on the computer, they go to the cameras, and three of the four cameras have no you know, motion sensor or activity, but there is one, so they go into it, they check the recordings, and in not like it's not like the gr the greatest quality. It's a little grainy, but it is very clear that you can see Audrey at two in the morning with a thing of eggs walk over and pelt their house for like three minutes and then walk back over. So at this point, Sophia and Sophia's mom are looking at each other, and Sophia's mom's like, "Well, I'm glad we know who, but what 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 do we do with this?" And Sophia is like, well, mom, you have their parents' text. You have their, you know, their, their contact message. So Sophia shows her mom how to download the video. And Sophia's mom, you know, sends a text saying, hey, I know you guys are busy. And I, I don't really like, you know, I don't know how, how else to like, uh, I, I don't know how you're going to respond to this. But, you know, your daughter has been pelting our house with eggs, you know. And we have video proof of it. So they send the message. Sophia's mom then sends the video attachment. 
and they wait for a reply. And it's like eight hours go by when the mom replies and says, our daughter would only pelt your house if you deserved it. And Sophia's mom's like, wait, wait, did, did Audrey take control of her mom's phone? And Sophia's like, well, that's kind of an extrapolation. Like, I, I don't know if that's like, I don't know, mom. Like, maybe these aren't the greatest people next door. And, you know, they look at it again. And Sophia's mom responds, like, with a question mark. And Audrey's mom responds, like, did I not make myself clear, question mark. So at this point, Sophia realizes that, like, oh, my God, like, this is not good, right? You know, this is, this is kind of crazy. So Sophia, her mom and dad all sit down and try and consult each other and are kind of just like, okay, what are we going to do here? I don't totally understand what's going on, right? And they're like, okay, this, this is kind of crazy. It seems like the parents actually don't care. And, you know, Sophia's like, well, mom, where did you get that number? And she's like, well, I mean, I have Sophia's mom's number or I have Audrey's mom's number and Audrey's dad's number. And Sophia's like, well, I only remember you getting Audrey's dad's number. And Sophia's mom's like, yeah, well, when we met the parents, Audrey's dad, you know, gave us his number and then we gave him ours. And then Sophia's like, okay, well, how did you get Audrey's mom's number? And Sophia, and Sophia's mom's like, oh, well, yeah, well, when we met Audrey the first time, I asked for her parents' number and she gave me, oh. And Sophia's like, wait, mom, Sophia or Audrey gave you her mom, quote unquote, number. And Sophia's mom's like, yeah, I'm starting to believe that that actually isn't her mom's number. Sophia's like, but her dad's number you got from her dad. And Sophia's mom was like, yeah. So Sophia's like, all right, well then send the exact same text message, but send it to her dad because I got a feeling that that you didn't actually get her mom's number. Sophia's like, or Sophia's mom's like, oh, that's not a bad idea. So they do the whole process again. They send a message to the dad. And Sophia's like, well, that means I've been talking to Audrey the whole time. This is so weird. And, you know, Sophia's like, you know what? She's crazy. Don't even worry about it. We got to send a message to her dad, though. So they, you know, they craft up the same message, basically saying, hey, so sorry to, like, put you through this, but your daughter's been pelting eggs at our house. We have video proof of it attaches a video file like I don't really know what to do here I was hoping that you could you know say something or make it stop basically and they send a message and it delivers and they wait for like 12 hours and you know they wake up the next day and they're like the dad didn't respond like we're probably going to get pelted again and sure enough Sophia and her mom walk out and they look up at their house and once again there's a bunch of eggs all over it and they check the security camera footage and once again you know Sure enough, it is Audrey who went over, threw eggs at her house, and Sophia got on the bus and had a pretty bad day at school because she's like, I feel helpless now, like our neighbor's basically holding us hostage like this. We can't do anything. And when Audrey, or when Sophia gets back home, her mom is like, was like looking at her phone, and she's like, uh, Sophia's like, hey, did you get a response from Audrey's dad? And Sophia's mom's like, no. And then Sophia's mom's like, oh my God, oh my God, he just responded. And their message basically said, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm currently in Asia right now for business reasons. This text message like literally just got to me right now. Um, like I have, I'm so sorry this happened. I have no idea. I'm not in the States, but Andrew's mom is. And she is coming back immediately to go talk to our daughter. And at this point, right, you know, Sophia and Sophia's mom look at each other like, we won, baby. We won. 
So they, Sophia kind of neglects her homework and doesn't do it till really late because Sophia, uh, Sophia and her mom and her dad are basically all sitting, watching the window, waiting for the car to pull up. And sure enough, this fancy like BMW like very quickly pulls into the driveway and then Audrey's mom that they saw before like walked on up, stomped in, went bum, 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 bum on the door, starts slamming on the door. It opens up. She starts yelling immediately and walks into the house. And at this point, right, Sophie and her parents just look at each other like, oh, my God. And about an hour later after, you know, they see uh, Audrey's or that Audrey's mom doesn't leave. She stays at the house. But about an hour later, they receive a text message from a number that they don't have saying, like, I'm so sorry, like about my daughter. I had no idea that my daughter was actually still staying here. She said that, you know, she goes to college five days a week and stays here on the weekends. Like, I had no idea that she was staying here every single day, party. So this is Audrey's mom texting on her real number. Like, I'm so sorry, this is insane. Like, I had no idea. And also the fact that she, you know, pelted your house. How much money do you want for the damages? And Sophia's mom just responds like, hey, we don't want any money. It's totally fine. We know it's not you guys. All we ask is that just this just doesn't happen again and that maybe your daughter, when she throws her parties, will be a bit more respectful of, you know, other people and their time commitments. And, you know, Audrey's mom is like, Audrey is like not even going to be living at this house anymore. We're shipping her away to a college that will accept her midway through like the beginning of the year. Like, you know, I'm sorry, but like, you know, this was this we're probably not going to be living in this house anymore. We're putting it up on the market soon. You guys were very, you know, kind for not calling the, you know, the police on our daughter for egging your house. You could have totally done that. Um, you know, thank you for all your cooperation. And that was the end of the message. So once again, Sophia and her parents were without neighbors. But that's not click on the video on screen right thing. now. I know you'll enjoy it. Just click it. Do it. Leave a like, and I'll actually give you nothing, dude. No joke. Nah, but what's up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new story. And imagine you're just sitting there on a nice sunny day, having such a nice time, when this Karen appears out of nowhere, demands to speak to the manager, and says that she's gonna place citizens you under citizens' arrest, and then Sly tackles you like she plays for the freaking Giants? Yeah, so this happened to a subscriber, and I'll be telling that story, so sit back, relax, subscribe if you're new, and let's just jump right into the story. So we're going to call the subscriber who submitted the story, Andrew. So anyways, right, Andrew's at the park with his little brother. Every single Saturday, he goes to the park with his little brother. It's just like a nice activity they have, because Andrew is significantly older. His little brother is like... I don't know, dude, he's like eight or something, and Andrew is like a senior in high school. So yeah, and also this is gonna be the last year that Andrew's at home because he's going away for college pretty soon. So he's honestly just trying to spend as much time with his little brother as possible. So anyways, this is a normal Saturday, and he was just kind of chilling in the park, and there's a lot of fun things to do in the park. Like there's, I don't know, there's slides, there's the outside world, there's grass that can be touched. Uh, wink, wink, nod, nod to a lot of you guys. I'm just kidding. Love you guys. Don't unsubscribe. But yeah, uh, this day was a little bit different, though, because uh, there was a Karen in the park. So the first time that Andrew actually saw this Karen, she was just, uh, she was standing at the other side. And she had like the she had the big aviator sunglasses on. She had the quintessential Karen cut. You already know what I'm talking about. It's like when the like the hair is cut really short on one side and flopped all the way over on the other, like the Karen I showed on the screen earlier in the video. Yeah, she had the quintessential Karen cut. She had the big glasses. She had like this like really weird shirt that didn't fit that well. 
and she was like full of anger and dissault and tilt and she was just not having it. She was like on the other side, her hands were on her hips and she was scanning the park. Like she was looking around, basically dude, she was scanning the park for trouble because she was bored, you know? She wanted to just mess with some people and mess with some people she was about to. So Andrew looks over and the Karen is staring right at him. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, come on, ma'am. Like, come on now. And then Karen starts walking over very angrily. Like her fists are bald and she's like, bum, 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 bum. Just kind of like starting to walk over, right? And Andrew's just looking at her like, dude, you can't be serious, bro. Like, you cannot be serious right now. And she comes over and she looks at them. And right now it's just Andrew and his little brother just like, his, his little brother is just like blissfully, unawarely, just like, I don't know, doing his thing. And Andrew just like looks up and she says, excuse me. And Andrew's like, yay, like, yeah, what's up? And she's like, this is a private park and I demand you guys go. And the thing is, right, Andrew knows for a fact that this is just massive cap right now because, dude, he's been going to this park since he was a little kid, since he was, like, his little brother's age. And, uh, yeah, this was very clearly a public park. And he just responds calmly, like, ma'am, I think you have this confused with somewhere else. This is pretty clearly a public park. I've been going here for a while. Like, you can even look it up. It's listed as a public park. And she's like, this is a private park, and if you don't get off out of here in three seconds... I'm calling up the manager. And uh, Andrew looks at her and he's just like, dude, what are you talking about? What do you mean the manager, bro? We're at a public park. The manager of the parks department? Are we calling up Leslie? Nope. Like what's going on right now? And she's like, three, two. Dude, for some reason, some people just think if they start counting down that you're going to do what they say. Give me a million dollars. Three, two, subscribe to this channel with notifications on. Three, two. But anyways, right, so the countdown goes down and Karen's like, that's it. You guys are so doomed. And she like walks over and there was like a like a park police dude or a park ranger or whatever who happened to be like kind of like passing by and the Karen must have seen him. So he walks up to the park ranger and says, like, arrest these two hooligans immediately. And points at, you know, Andrew, who's just, like, sitting there. And his little brother, who's playing in a sandbox right now. And the park ranger's like, ma'am, like, what is the reason that you want me to, like, go over there? And she says, they are in the park and I don't want that. As a taxpayer, this is my private park. So basically, the Karen had construed that since she pays taxes, that, you know, the taxes pay for this park... And therefore, this park is hers. Therefore, it is her private park, which is just the most ridiculous logic I've ever heard in a million years. But hey, man, I mean, we are talking about a Karen right now. So if you thought that she was going to have normal people logic, then like, I don't know, bro, you must live in a different planet, too. But anyways, right, the park ranger says yes, but they probably pay taxes, too. And either way, this like this park is open to everyone. Like your like all of your tax dollars pay like you know, to have this park available for everyone. This isn't your private park. And that's when the, like, the Karen goes out, like, is, looks at the, like, the ranger and says, I demand to speak to your manager to sort this nonsense out. And the park ranger looks at her and says, I'm actually, like, the chief ranger here, or whatever, like, the highest ranking ranger here is. I am my manager. If you'd like to speak to me, I'm all ears. And the Karen just kind of looks at him and gives him this look. It is like, fine. So the Karen, like, at this point, like, Andrew's like, all right, word, like, the Karen's not going to mess with us anymore. Like, we're chilling. Hopefully she doesn't come back here and do this, like, every week or something. But, uh, unfortunately, uh, Andrew was completely wrong because the Karen, as she's storming away from the, uh, 
as she's storming away from the, the park ranger, starts storming towards Andrew and his little brother. And he's like, oh my God, what's, a, what's going on now, bro? Like, what are we doing now, bro? And she comes over and she's like, you know what? You're disrespecting your elders by not leaving right now. So at this point, right, the Karen at first says, get out of here, this is my private park, I demand you to do so, three, two, one, get out of here. Now she's saying, because you don't leave when I demanded you to, over a lie, right, that you're disrespecting your elders. And at this point, you know, Andrew's like, ma'am, like, I'm sorry, we're not leaving the park, this is like the time I spend with my little brother, he likes it here, like, just because, like, I'm not doing what you're saying doesn't mean I'm disrespecting you, there's a big difference. And the Karen's like, you think this is the last of it? Well, you're wrong. And the Karen basically disappears into the void, in a sense. I mean, not actually, but she kind of disappears back into the woods, the park, whatever. She, she leaves, but she doesn't exactly leave. Uh, Andrew thought that she was good and gone, but that is not the case. So anyways, later that day, Andrew, or Andrew's little brother, has a birthday party to go to. So about after half an hour later, like, chilling in the park, Andrew finds his little brother's like, hey man, like, we gotta go to your friend's birthday party. And obviously Andrew's little brother's really excited for all this, so, you know, they get up and they walk to the car. So Andrew gets in the car, and he starts, like, he puts his keys in, he starts the car, and he looks behind him, right? Because you have to look when you're backing out. You don't want to back into someone, that would be big bad. And he sees someone sitting in a car. And it's like this weird minivan type thing. Nothing wrong with minivans. They're actually nice cars, right? But it's like this minivan with a bunch of like weird stickers on it. And there's a woman sitting in the car. And she was looking at them. And Andrew was like, that looks like the woman from the park. But it can't be because she's been gone for like an hour at this point. Like, no way that's the same Karen from the park earlier. Right? Yeah. So, anyways... <laughs> You know, he, he, he pulls out and he starts driving because he's driving over to his friend, uh, his little brother's friend's house, which is like, I don't know, 20 minutes away or something. So not too bad. And uh, yeah, that's when like he looks in his rearview mirror after driving for like five minutes in the same car that was in the parking lot with the person who looked just like the Karen is right behind him. So at this point, Andrew's like, well, maybe this is just a coincidence. Um, this is a little weird, but no way that Karen's actually following me. Like, that would actually be psychopathic. There's not a shot she's actually doing that. So Andrew just keeps driving, right? And uh, driving and driving and driving, and they're about to pull into the, uh, they're about to pull into the neighborhood of the kid of the little brother's friend, right? And guess what? The Karen, or what looks like the Karen, is still driving behind him. So in Andrew's mind, he's like, well, I mean, maybe she's a grandmother of a kid who's also going to this party, um, who also happens not to be the Karen that we met in the park, maybe. So yeah, at this point, Andrew's like, he pulls into the driveway of the kid who's having the birthday party, and he watches as the Karen mobile, that's what we're going to call it right now, the Karen mobile slows down. And Andrew's like, if she pulls in, like, I'm actually going to have a problem, right? And if it is the Karen, we're going to have a problem. But the Karen mobile slows down as it passes the house and then speeds back up and goes by. And Andrew's like, well, that must have just been a really strange coincidence because I could have sworn that that was the Karen, right? And uh, Andrew goes in with his little brother to drop him off in, his, or not drop him off, but to be there as well, to bring him into the birthday party, thinking that that was just a really strange coincidence and that that definitely wasn't the Karen. Let me just say that Andrew was mistaken. The Karen was stalking him all the way to the birthday party. And you might be thinking, well, the Karen must be done. No, she's about to enact her revenge. 
The Karen is about to strike. Empire strikes back, but replace Empire with Karen. Real quick, if you made it this far into the video, comment Karen down below. I just like to see how many people made this far into the video. And if you want to support the channel, literally the best thing you can do that helps me out even more than you can ever imagine is just at some point today, maybe after this video or later, while you're doing something like drawing or watching a television show or playing a video game or trying to go to sleep, if you can binge watch my old videos, you can watch them, just watch normally, get one of my playlists. If you watch a bunch of my old videos, it helps me out so much. Let me know in the comments section if you are doing that or are planning on doing it or have done it so I can reply and say thank you and heart it. Just so you know, it helps me out more than you can ever imagine. Anyways, let's get back to the Karen's Revenge because it's about to get pretty crazy right now. So anyways, there, uh, Andrew brings his uh, little brother in and his little brother's at the, like, the birthday party and it's like Star Wars theme. So, dude, I freaking love Star Wars, but they have like sword fights and they have like stormtrooper helmets and... You know, this kid really liked Captain Rex, so he got a whole Captain Rex Halloween outfit with the helmet and everything. Like, it was super sick. Yeah, but uh, anyways, um, Andrew hears a car pull up, and he doesn't think much of it. He's like, oh, it's like 30 minutes after the party has started. Like, maybe some kid is just coming late. Like, that happens all the time. And this party happened in the backyard, and there was a fence. So basically, you pulled up, and you walked in through the backyard fence, walked into the backyard where the party was happening. In the backyard fence, right, you know, op the backyard fence opens. And guess who walks in? It is the Karen. And Andrew is basically in the middle of a massive stare-off with the Karen. Because he's thinking to himself, there is no way, bro. Ain't no way, bro. Like, there is not a shot that that is actually the Karen. My eyes must be deceiving me. Because I know for a fact that that is not the freaking Karen, bro. Not a chance that is the Karen. But yeah, the Karen walks in. And, like, the, some of the other parents there kind of look over. They're like, is that one of these kids' grandmothers or something? Like, what is going on? Like, we don't know who that is. And uh, the mom of the birthday boy, who's the friend of Andrew's little brother, walks up and says, hey there, like, are you related to anyone at the party? And the Karen is like, I am not, says it very proudly. And I don't know why you'd say that so proudly, like, you're, you're being mad bold right now. And she says, this party is violating the rules of the city. You must have a permit to throw something like this, which totally isn't true. Maybe there's some weird, very specific law I don't know about. But bro, are you really calling the cops on a kid's Star Wars birthday party that's happening at three in the afternoon? Like, you cannot be serious, dude. Yeah, but uh, anyways... The birthday boy's mother is like, uh, nope, I think this is totally okay, ma'am. Like, thank you for voicing your concerns. If you want us to keep it down a little bit, I'll relay the message. But, uh, yeah. She basically says, no, take this L default dance, right? And, uh, the Karen is like, no, no, no. Don't you think for a second that you hooligans are gonna get away with this? Like, this is illegal. And, like, then he point or she points to Andrew and is like, and this one is very disrespectful, too. I'm going to call the police on you for breaking the law and being disrespectful to elders and points at Andrew. And Andrew's like, ma'am, I don't think that's a crime. It's not I also, I wasn't being disrespectful. Even if I was, though, definitely not a crime, ma'am. Don't know how else to say it, but uh, it's, not, it's not illegal to be disrespectful. And she's like, well, see about that. So the Karen takes out her phone and walks outside. So Andrew goes up to the birthday boy's mom and is like, 
like, I'm so sorry. And the birthday boy's mom is like, why are you sorry? Like, this isn't like, are you related to her? He's like, no, this woman's like crazy, dude. Like I was in the park with, you know, my little brother. She comes up to us and says, hey, you need to get out of here because this is her private park. Turns out it was like not because it's a public park. I've been going there for like 10 years. And then she came back and said, I'm going to get revenge on you. I think she followed me to the party. So this is all kind of my fault. I'm sorry. And obviously, obviously the birthday boy's mom is like, dude, like this, like she isn't you, like you're not controlling her like a little, like, I don't know, remote control or something like this is a random woman who followed you. This is not your fault. Um, but yeah, I wonder if she's actually going to call the cops 20 minutes later, a police officer pulls up and he walks in and some of the kids like turn around and are like, Oh my God, what? Cause like a police officer actually comes in and he walks in and the Karen runs up and is like, thank you, officer. Thank you, officer. Thank you for coming. Oh my God. It's been terrible. It's been terrible. And the police officer is like, I got a call of a illegal function happening here. That's very destructive and causing lots of damage. I've been told on the phone, the police officer takes off his sunglasses and he just like surveys what's in front of him. It's a bunch of little kids with a Star Wars pinata and little flashy lightsabers and Star Wars action figures and a Lego Death Star and a bunch of parents and cake. And at that point, right, uh, uh, the, the police officer's like, turns to the care and is like, is, am I at the right place, ma'am? And she's like, yes, yes, this is the illegal function. Shut it down right now. And also, just so you know, if you want to arrest him, in points to Andrew, you may arrest him too for being disrespectful to his elders. These officers like, ma'am, that's not a thing. Second of all, are you, did, and he kind of like turns to Karen. He's like, ma'am, did you really just call the police on a kid's birthday party at three in the afternoon? And the Karen's face turns and she's like, but this is a legal function. You must shut it down immediately or I'm calling your manager. He's like, okay. Yeah, ma'am, I'm not shutting this down. Like, please don't waste our time. We actually have real things to deal with. And he gets in his police car and he leaves. And the Karen is standing there and she's like literally starting to shake because she is so angry and she's molding so hard. She is so angry right now. And, uh, you know, the, the, the birthday boy's mom goes up to her and is like, ma'am, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Like, I think it's pretty obvious that like, you're not really welcome here. And she's like, you, and then points to Andrew and you too. And then points to all the kids and you, and all the kids are like, bro, what? I'm just here for the star Wars, bro. And she's like, you think that you can get rid of me. You think that I won't know that you paid off that police officer. And Andrew's like, bro, what? What the fuck, bro? What? Huh? And uh, she's like, can you think that like you can get away with this? That's no, no, I will be back. And she just like storms out of there. And they're all kind of just looking at her. And then they're all looking at each other. And Andrew's like, turns, like, goes to the mom of the birthday boy. And he's like, look, we should actually be prepared for, for her to come back and do something crazy. I mean, she was crazy enough to follow me here and then call the cops on us just because I didn't leave the park when she asked me to or demanded me to. So she's definitely capable of being pretty crazy. So guys, just, just be careful. And at this point, right, you know, the birthday boy's mom's like, okay, you know what? I don't even care. I just want my son to have a good birthday. Like, we're just going to keep going. If she comes back and wants trouble, she'll get trouble. And Andrew's like, all right, I I'm all for that. I mean, 
That's cool with me, dude. So you guys might be thinking, okay, what can this Karen actually do right now? Like, how bad can she actually be? And let me just say that set your expectations to the moon because she's about to do something crazy. So anyways, the party is almost wrapping up. It's, get, it's like 4 o'clock. It started at 2. It's been going hard for like 2 hours. And at this point, like, honestly, Andrew's going to leave in like 10 minutes. But that's when the Karen comes back. And she comes back, and she has with her this, like, you know those, like, uh, those carts that are on wheels? I think I'm being stupid not remembering the name. But she's carrying, like, this cart behind her, and it's full of water balloons. However, inside the water balloons is not water. That would have been bad enough. This is really messed up, um, but inside the water balloons are paint and piss. Dude, I don't know how she got this done so quickly. Like, she literally came back 45 minutes later with a ton of water balloons full of paint and piss. I low-key think that she's been, like, saving this for a while. Like, I legitimately believe that she's been saving the paint and piss balloons for, like, a second now, which is really messed up. However, it is what she did. So she came back with a cart full of water balloons full of paint and piss, right? I'm just gonna call it P, just so YouTube doesn't get mad at me. Because, um, I don't know, they get mad at everything. And uh, she comes back, and she's like, uh, the police, uh, she starts yelling. She's like, you guys paid off the police officers? And everyone turns to look at her. So I'm taking the law into my own hands. And she takes one of the paint-filled water balloons and literally chucks it into the crowd of kids. Like, what the fuck, huh? bro? What is this violence, dude? Throws the water balloon full of paint. It explodes everywhere. Kids start, like, screaming. The adults are like, what is going on here? Everyone's running as she throws another pee-filled water balloon. Boom! Hits one of the parents. Explodes full of urine all over them. They're like, oh, my God, you're a disgusting old woman. Throws another one full of paint. Boom! I'm having too much fun with this, man. This story's awful. I'm having too much fun with it. Anyways, she's just, like, chucking the paint and pee balloons everywhere. They're exploding. Urine and pee are... <laughs> urine and paint are just everywhere. Not exactly how I would want to end my eight-year-old's... Uh, uh, what's it called? Star Wars-themed birthday party. Because I don't totally remember the Star Wars episode where, you know, Darth Vader comes in with a pee balloon and throws it at Anakin Skywalker and is like, wait a minute, right? Luke Skywalker is like, Luke, I'm your father. Now take this pee, bro. And this, like, explodes all over his face. I don't remember that. Maybe that's part of the George Lucas director cut. I didn't see that one yet, though. But anyways, at this point, you know, Andrew's like, enough is enough. He pulls out his phone, calls 911, basically says, this old woman who's been harassing us is now throwing pee and paint-filled balloons at a bunch of kids. And immediately the cops are like, what the freak, bro? So they come over, right? After about, like, two or three minutes, like, I think the cops are just in the neighborhood or whatever, and uh, they stop in, and they're like, what's going on over here? And the woman, like, the Karen is, like, laughing. She's like, heh, 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 throwing her, like, pee and paint balloons. Everyone's screaming. Bunch of kids are crying or whatever. It is, like, the most insane thing ever. Tip typical day in the life of a Karen, but the most insane thing ever. And the cops are like, what are you doing over here? And the Karen looks at them, and the Karen literally takes a pee-filled balloon and chucks it at one of the police officers, hits them square in the face, and the other one's like, freeze 
and, like, starts moving towards the Karen. So the Karen is, like, "Uh uh-oh at this point. She, like, knocks over her crate full of, like, pee or, like, paint balloons or whatever. They They bounce everywhere. Police officer steps on one and slips in it. So he falls for a second, and the Karen runs inside, runs inside the house and locks the door. So at this point, right, the officers are like, is everyone okay? And, like, there's a bunch of crying kids or whatever. And the mom of the birthday boy comes over and says, yes, like, this crazy woman, like, called the cops on us. And, you know, cops didn't do anything because we're just having a legal, lawful birthday party. So she came back to enact the law herself, in her own quotes, and has been throwing balloons full of unidentified urine and random paint at us. Like, this is ridiculous. And she also just ran into our house. I don't know who she is. Like, I'm scared. Cops are like, all right, we're calling in backup. So they literally call in backup for a Karen. They probably, they probably called in like a 1428, which is code for crazy Karen alert. Okay. Probably not actually, but they, they may, maybe at this point they have a Karen, like a term for like Karens at this point. But anyways, you know, they, uh, so the Karen is like inside the house and is locked the door. And, uh, you know, uh, at this point, Andrew turns to the birthday boy's mom and is like, is there any way to get inside there? Like, do you have a key or something? And she's like, actually, yeah, like there's a key behind the rock, like behind the house. So anyways, they go behind the house and they find like a rock because like you can get like fake rocks or fake plants. You can hide secret keys in. So they go behind there. The The birthday boy's mom finds where the secret key is, takes it out. It is like, okay, well, she's not gonna let me, she's not gonna let us in unless you distract her. So at this point, Andrew's like, dude, I got it. So anyways, Andrew goes up to one of the windows, starts banging on it, and the Karen gets distracted, walks over, and starts screaming at him like, why would you call the cops on your elders? That is so disrespectful. Like, I was literally just enacting the law. I was doing what was right by throwing balloons at you guys. And Andrew's like, dude, you just came to a kid's birthday party, and you threw like, balloons full of pee and paint at them. Like, you're insane. Like, you need to be locked up, dude. And at this point, Andrew's really just stalling because, like, while this is happening, while he's having the conversation with the Karen, the mom is over at the, or the little kid's birthday boy, whatever mom, is at the front door, put the key in, and is, like, starting to unlock the door. And the Karen's like, you know what? You're so disrespectful. Back in my day, like, kids like you would just, like, listen to their elders. Honestly, the world was such a better place back then when kids would just be, you know, they'd be obedient. They would do what needs to be said. And they respected the rules of the private park. They respected the rules of no birthday parties after 12 in the morning. Also keeping, like, this birthday party is ridiculous. You guys are worshiping space monsters. And Andrew's like, bro, it's a freaking Star Wars party. It's not that deep. And she's about to go on another back in my day rampage when she's like, back in my day. And at that point, the door opens up. The police officers go in. They're like, ma'am, I need you to freeze. However, there are two doors leading to the back. There's like a main door and then a side door by the kitchen. So she runs out the side door. And at this point, the Karen is like, running well quote-unquote running towards the street because she's trying to get away and that's when andrew steps in her way but the karen was not going down without a fight because remember the beginning when i was like did the little skit i was like imagine if a karen is like mad at you and then freaking slide tackles you like she's on the giants yeah the karen literally bodies andrew and andrew's like a decently sized kid he's not a big kid he's not like a super frail kid like, bro played, I don't know, he wasn't, like, he wasn't, like, a track star, so he wasn't super skinny, but he also wasn't super big, like, a football player. He was, like, I don't know, he was a baseball player, like, about in between, but he just gets slammed by this, like, 200-pound woman, boom, 
he flies on the ground, right? And she's on the ground too. And she's like, you should have gotten out of my way. Like you were in my way. You're disrespecting your elders. And at this point, right, the police officers come and they're like, ma'am, like, like, like they go behind her, they get her up and they put her in handcuffs. And she's like, officers, this is a perfect time for you to arrest this guy. And they're just like, huh? Like what? And, and the Karen's like, yeah, this guy over here and kind of like nods towards Andrew. And they're like, why would we arrest him? Because earlier today he was at my private park and he refused to leave. And after that, he came back and started this terrible party, which is against the law. And, and they're like, ma'am, he was at a public park. Cause they, cause like the police officers, officers were there when Andrew explained it to like them or whatever. He was at a public park. Then you followed him here. And then you call the cops on a kid's, Star Wars themed birthday party at two in the afternoon. And then when the cops didn't do anything rightfully, you came back and attacked them all with pee filled and paint filled balloons. And when the officers were like, ma'am, how did you get pee filled and paint filled balloons so quickly? And the Karen was like, you know, you guys are not enacting the law like you used to. You guys used to like enact the respecting elders law. You used to do what you're supposed to do. I'm just taking the law into my own hands. And they're like, ma'am, like, can we at least ask where you got the, the pee filled balloons? And she's like, you know what? I have been, I've been building my artillery over the last six months. And at this point, Andrew's like, oh my God. So you're, you're saying I, I could have just gotten hit with a six month old pee balloon? I think I'm going to puke, bro. Yeah, so at that point, they take the Karen away, and she's like, kind of yelling or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so the mom, like, says to the police officers, like, hey, can we also, like, make sure we get a restraining order in here so she's not allowed to come back? And they're like, yeah. He's like, would you like to press charges? And the mom's like, yes. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I would. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so they, uh, at this point, Andrew kind of stays to help clean up and just, like, stays for literally two hours and by the time he leaves, because it's getting dark and he has to bring his little brother back home, they were literally not even close to being done cleaning it up. Because imagine, like, paint everywhere. Old woman, six-month-old urine is just stained everything. And everything's, like, broken and destroyed. However, though, like, somehow, um, dude, like, somehow, like, it legit, like, the presence did not get destroyed. This little kid's presence did not get a speck of paint or pee on them. Like, dude, click I on the video on screen right now. I know you'll enjoy it. Just click it, do it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new story. Today, we have a story of a crazy neighbor, Karen, that steals the subscriber's phone. And when the subscriber politely asks for his phone back, she calls the police on him. Yeah, that's going to be today's story. I know you'll enjoy it as these crazy Karen stories are pretty good. So sit back, relax, subscribe if you're new, and let's jump right into it. So we're going to call the subscriber who submitted this story, Jay. So anyways, Jay and his family have been living in this neighborhood for a while. And, you know, their neighbors who've been living with them since Jay was a little kid are moving on to a, another neighborhood in like a different state or something. I think the parent got a job and that was kind of tough for Jay because like the son who lived next door to him, Jay's immediate neighbor, was a pretty cool kid and Jay and him have kind of like grew up together. And yeah, it was kind of tough. They vowed to stay in touch, but you never know with like stuff like that if you actually will. Like I know I had a really cool neighbor way back in the day and she moved away and we just haven't spoken to her since, as well as other neighbors that we really liked and I've just not seen them since. But anyways... A new neighbor moves in, and Jay and Jay's parents decide, or at least Jay's parents tell Jay that, 
okay, Jay, later tonight we're going to go over and we're just going to say hello. We're going to ask if they need anything. And I'm going to bake some cookies today and we're going to bring them over and give them to the new neighbors, whoever they are. Little did Jay and his parents know that it was not a normal family moving in. It was actually just one individual, right? It was not a normal individual. It was a Karen. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, maybe the Karen, because, okay, this Karen was like 40. I think she might have had a wife and kids, but we only interact with a Karen herself. I think that, like, the father's out and the kids are always at school or whatever. But anyways, moving in next door is a Karen. This is a horror story. There's a reason why I'm posting this in October so close to uh, Halloween, man. Because you know what? This is a Karen horror story, bro. So anyways, you know, Jay's mom very nicely bakes a thing of cookies and Jay and the entire family walk over. So they're walking over and they see two cars in the, in the driveway or whatever. And they walk up to the front porch and they ring the bell. And they're kind of waiting there for a second. And, uh, you know, eventually... They see someone, because, like, the door is closed, but the door is, like, kind of, like, it, it's, like, foggy glass, so you can't see in, but you can see kind of shapes and colors very faintly, and they saw a faint, like, figure get closer and closer, which basically meant someone was coming to the door. The door slams open, and they see this woman who's probably, like, 40, 50, 50, I, I don't know, kind of in that range. She has the Karen haircut, right, where it's, like, really long on one side and short on the other, and it's all pushed to one side, right? She has on, like, the standard, stereotypical Karen dress, bro. Like, they already knew that trouble was coming just by looking at her, right? And the Karen yells at them and says, Who are you guys? And, like, it was a little bit of an aggressive opener, but Jay's mom was like, I guess she was kind of thinking to herself, well, I mean, we didn't introduce ourselves yet, so I guess she's just a little, I don't know, this woman probably is just really stressed out from the moving process, probably stuff like that. I'm going to give her a break. And she's like, hey, we're your neighbors. We just wanted to come over to say, like, we wanted to ask, like, how you're doing. We wanted to introduce ourselves. And we also wanted to give you this thing of cookies. And Jay's mom extends like kind of like this little basket that has a thing of baked cookies. And like every normal person, including Jay's parents and Jay, would have assumed that that would have been enough to kind of calm the Karen down. That that would have been enough to kind of stop any altercation from happening. But no, this Karen is a boss level Karen. She is not your standard level one Karen. She is your boss, mafia boss level like she she is she's the ender dragon karen compared to your standard i don't know creeper or zombie karen bro she is coming for your life because the karen responds to this she the karen responds to jay's parents being very nice by saying if you guys don't get off my property in the next five seconds i will be calling the police yeah let that sink in you know, someone comes over to you, says, hey, I'm your neighbors. I wanted to know if you need anything. And also I'm giving you a present of something that I made. And your response is, if you don't get off the property right now, I'm going to call the cops. Bro, something is seriously wrong with you and you can't convince me otherwise. So yeah, Jay's parents are a little bit like shaken up or taken back or whatever. And Jay's mom turns to Jay and says, all right, honey, let's go. And uh, yeah, that was very, very startling and disappointing. So they're walking back to the house. And Jay, you know, Jay isn't like eight or anything, but he, he's like, I don't know, in late middle school, he turns to his mom and is like, mom, like, why did that lady react like that? And she's like, honey, I don't know. Like, I, you know, not everyone is super nice. There are some people out there that are just like very bitter and I'm unhappy. And, uh, you know, maybe she's just had an incredibly stressful day moving in. And, you know, maybe we'll try again at a later date, but 
I don't think we're going to be going back there anytime soon. So for all Jay knew, like, this was the end of his encounter with the Karen. But, but that is not the case. Not the case at all. Because every morning, pretty early in the morning, like about 6 a.m., and I know a lot of you guys wake up at 6 a.m. anyways to go to school. I know I used to have to wake up at 6, 6.30 to go to school. Now I can barely wake up at 9.30 for my first class in college, bro. It's crazy how it just changes like that. When you're a little kid, you can wake up at 6, no problem. When you're in college, anything before 12 is like, bro, are you serious right now? Yeah, so Jay has to wake up at 6 in the morning to go walk his dog, so he's an early riser. So as every other day, Jay gets up. It's like a Tuesday or something, so it's a school day. He gets up at 6 a.m., or is kind of woken up by his dog because his dog is kind of sleeps with him and kind of wakes him up anyways. He goes downstairs, put the harness on his dog, and they're walking outside. And Jay is walking down the path of his house, and that's when he notices movement in the backyard. So Jay, like, for a second is like, okay, this is a bear. So he very quickly, you know, gets the dog and, like, puts the dog back inside. And Jay, like, slowly creeps outside. This was a bad idea. Jay is telling me to tell you guys because he submitted this story via Instagram. You guys can do the same. It's at Connor Pugs. It's in the description. Send me your stories. But Jay added a little note in the story he sent me saying, do not do this. Like, if you see a bear, go inside and protect yourself. Like, they're not going to try and harm you. But if it's a mama bear and there's a baby bear, she will go kaboom to your face. So just a warning. But anyways, Jay decided that he wanted to go and check it out. So he's sneaking around in the backyard trying to figure out where this big bear is, right? But Jay sees something much more startling, and some people might even say much more frightening. He sees the Karen wandering around, looking through his backyard, and, like, looking into the windows. Like, she's in the back of his house, like, looking at stuff, and, like, peeking into the windows of his house. And Jay is like, uh, he says, hey, like, like, what are you doing here? And the Karen, like, very startled, looks up and is like, stop being aggressive! And, like, Jay's like, whoa, 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 I'm just, I'm just really confused why you're here. Like, you didn't seem very happy to see us yesterday, and now you're just wandering in our backyard. She's like, are you stalking me? And, and, and uh, Jay's like, bro, am I stalking you? I mean, here's the thing. I was just walking my dog, and I thought I saw movement in the back. So I checked out the movement, and you're the one who's sneakily looking into our windows at 6 in the morning. Like, you tell me who's stalking who. And the Karen's like... I, I do not like that attitude, mister. I am your elder and you shall respect me. And I don't like how aggressive you've been to me so far. And, and oh, not Andrew, sorry. Uh, what's his name? Jay, uh, Jay? Yeah, Jay's like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think I've been that aggressive. Like, I've really just been, like, pretty respectful, especially for the fact since, you know, you're the one, like, sneaking in my backyard. You're the one spying into my house. And that's when Jay kind of, like, let her hat and be like, Hey, like, when we came over yesterday, because at this point, like, Jay kind of caught her in a position of, like, spying on them. He's like, hey, when you came over yesterday, like, you know, all we wanted to do was, like, oh, we're sorry if we, start if we startled you or something. But all we wanted to do was just say hello, ask if you needed anything, and give us, like, give you a gift that we worked on today. And you said that you were going to call the police if we didn't go in the next five seconds. Like, that's pretty mad disrespectful. And then I find you... Yeah, Loki Jay's going off. And he's like, and then I find you in my backyard? Like, that's crazy. And the Karen's like, don't have that tone with me, young man. You're lucky I'm not calling the police on you for being aggressive. <laughs> and, and, and Jay's like, aggressive, bro? Like, what are you saying? What does that even mean? And the Karen starts walking away. She's like, you're lucky I don't say anything. 
So, yeah, anyways, Jay goes ahead and gets the dog from inside because the dog is safe. There's no care. Uh, there, there's no care. There's no bear outside. There is a scary Karen, though. And if this was a different Karen, like in some of my other stories, she might have tried to steal, uh, you know, Jay's dog. But this is not a dog-stealing Karen. This is a phone-stealing Karen, as you'll see very soon. Anyways, after Jay walks his dog, his parents get up like 10, 15 minutes later, and Jay informs them what he saw. And, you know, Jay's mom is like, kind of disturbed by this she's like that's really weird like i understand it if this woman wants to explore the neighborhood as she just moved in i think i'd probably do the same thing but creeping in someone's lawn and peering into their windows is just a whole nother level so yeah they didn't really think this karen was some like i don't know some art some mastermind serial killer type person they just thought that she was super super nosy like wanted to know everything about their neighbors when the neighbors weren't even awake, peering into their house to get more information. However, like, that's fine if you want to look at someone's house from afar. However, sneaking around creepily in their backyard, that's just never okay under any circumstances, in my opinion. Yeah, but anyways, right, you know, Jay kind of thought that, okay, so this, it, it, the, the night before, or the day before, Jay was pretty sure that that was going to be his last Karen encounter. But now Jay kind of had, had a sneaking suspicion that he was going to have a lot of Karen encounters in his future. So skip ahead a couple days. It is a Friday. Actually, no, Saturday. It's a weekend. It is a Saturday. It is a Saturday afternoon. And, you know, Jay's parents ask him to water the plants in the front. So Jay very happily does it. But he also is like a little bit afraid of getting his phone wet because it's not one of the more, more waterproof iPhones or Androids or whatever. So he decides to put his phone down like on the like the driveway. And then he gets like the, the uh, hose or whatever, starts watering the plants. He doesn't have any music in just because he doesn't have like headphones or he doesn't have wireless air earbuds, AirPods, whatever you want to call them. Right. So he can't really listen to music, which is actually super helpful to him because he can now hear his surroundings, which one normally that wouldn't really matter. But when you're dealing with a crazy Karen, that always matters, bro. So anyways, right. You know, he's just watering the plants at this point and he hears some rustling behind him and he looks behind him. And he sees the tree moving. And the tree moved because the Karen pushed past it. And what did the Karen do? The Karen was in the process of bending over, picking up his phone. Real quick, if you made it this far into the video, uh, do me a favor and comment Karen down below. That'll be the secret word of the day. I will try and heart a bunch of comments to say Karen. So if you want to farm some hearts and try and become top commenter on the channel, commenting Karen is one of the best ways to do it. And also one of the best ways to support the channel and help the channel grow, and I have been seeing the, you guys doing this and I really appreciate it, is literally just sitting down and binge watching old videos. I really, uh, just like old stories on the channel that I posted earlier, right? A really easy way to do this is to watch my story time playlist, which has literally every story I've ever made. It is in the pinned comment down below. So after you're done watching this, if you want to put on the playlist while you're, I don't know, playing a video game, drawing, trying to go to sleep, make sure to go ahead and do that. And let, let me know in the comment section exactly what you're doing while listening to my stories. It's so cool for me to read exactly what you guys are doing while listening. So yeah, anyways, let's get back to the story. So right, just a little recap. Jay is watering his plants. He puts his phone down kind of far away just so that he can, like, make sure he doesn't get his phone wet. Because the last thing Jay wants is to have to, like, break his phone, or to break his phone, and then have to go and replace it, and then all that nonsense. Jay's just not trying to do any of that, right? So, yeah. Jay turns around when he hears a noise to see that Karen is picking up his phone. And Jay, who turns off the water, is like, what are you doing? And the Karen looks at him, turns around, and starts running back to the house. 
I have running in quotation marks. This is not any like body shaming type thing, but the Karen was definitely not built like a track star. The Karen was not built like an Olympic athlete. The Karen was not the most athletic sprinter. She would definitely not do that well in a mile run. She might, she might clock a 60 minutes in a mile. <laughs> I really don't know. But yeah, so the Karen ran or kind of uh, sped fell forwards towards her house. But yeah, she was far enough away and she was close enough to the house that by the time the Jay kind of ran over to her, the Karen was able to slip into her house and close the door behind her. And Jay was standing on the thing and started ringing the doorbell. And the Karen's like, stop ringing my doorbell. And Jay's like, give me back my phone. And she says, no. And Jay's like, why did you take my phone? Because Jay was genuinely confused. Look, this woman obviously doesn't like him and his family that much. And she seems to be interested in them a little bit too much, but, like, why would... Like, wouldn't she just want to, like, deal with her own stuff? Like, Jay could kind of understand, I don't know, snooping on them because she's a nosy neighbor, even though she went to a pretty big extreme, right? But Jay just can't understand why she'd want to steal his iPhone. Like, that literally makes no sense. So the Karen responds, Well, I know that your parents aren't giving you proper discipline just by the way that you're always aggressive and hating on me and disrespecting me, so I decided that I needed to put, bring that, uh, I needed to have, like, do that in my own hands. And Jay's like, what? And she's like, yeah, like, your parents don't give you proper punishments, they're letting you do anything and be a little criminal by harassing me, so I decided that I will be the one giving you the punishment by stealing your phone. And Jay is just like, at this point, bro, Jay is just trying to comprehend the Karen logic because there is normal person logic and then Karen logic. Uh, don't even try and follow Karen logic. It will actually scramble your brain if you even attempt to understand what a Karen is trying to say. That's just from personal experience. I want to save you guys the last remaining brain cells you have after watching my other Karen videos. So yeah, don't even try and attempt to figure out Karen logic. It will literally destroy... You will no longer have an internal monologue inside your brain. You will have just emptiness in there after you try and understand a Karen logic. Anyways, right? So at this point, Jay is kind of just like, okay, no, that's not how it works. Like, my parents are actually fairly strict, and my disrespecting you is simply telling you to, like, get off my property when you were snooping on it. And the Karen's like, exactly, get off my property. And, you know, at this point, Jay's like, not until you give me back my property. And that's when the Karen says... You know, if you don't get off my property right now, I've threatened to call the police before, and I will call them now. I actually wrote over to the office. I sent them an email saying that my neighbors were very threatening. So they're going to be here in literally 30 seconds if I want them to. And Jay is like, in his head, he's like, okay, that is definitely not true. Um, even if you did send in that email saying that we seem threatening, I can almost guarantee you that they're not going to be over here in a quote-unquote 30-second period. Like, okay, okay, ma'am, calm down, relax, relax. That's not true. Yeah, but anyways, right, so uh, Jay's like, all right, well, when they come over here, I will tell them that you took my property. And the Karen's like starts laughing. And I'm not even going to try and do a Karen laugh. It's late at night. I'm tired. I, I don't even want to put myself through it, bro. But just imagine a very cringy, awkward Karen laugh. And then she follows it up by saying, you don't understand. You're breaking the law by, by being on my property. And I'm not breaking any law. I'm literally just, I'm issuing a punishment to a minor who is disrespecting an elder. And at this point, like, Jay's like, wait, bro, what? Like, you, you have, like, you don't understand that, like, 
you have my property. And she says, yeah, but it's the form of punishment and that's totally okay under the law. Citizens arrest on your iPhone. And Jay's like, bro, I'm like in eighth grade and even I know that this is ridiculous, right? You can't perform a, first of all, citizen's arrest is not really a real thing. I don't know if it's actually a real thing, guys. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a judge. But bro, if anyone tries to citizen's arrest me, I'm just going to walk away and hope that they like, I don't know, run out of breath trying to like wobble towards me. But yeah, uh, imagine like thinking that citizen's arrest is real and also thinking that you can citizen's arrest someone's property. So yeah, can I do citizen's arrest all the money out of your bank account and then just not give it back? Hold it all up in litigation in the court system? Like, what are we talking about right now, Karen? So at this point, Jay says, fine, you know what? That's not true, but fine. Go ahead and call the police. So Karen, once again, does her, like, cringy, evil Karen laugh and is like, you will see who is actually right here. I don't know why that Karen was so confident that she could just steal someone's iPhone and not have to worry about it. But yeah, anyway, she calls up the police and in about like 20 minutes, right, they come because they probably put her on a list of like, don't like, probably like the former police department or wherever she used to live, sent out like a record to like the new police department saying this woman has called in a hundred thousand times saying that the, you know, the Corgi next door is trying to assassinate her, saying that the, like the woman down the street has plots to like, I don't know, eat her children, bro. Like, don't listen to her. Like, this is like the number one Karen just show up an hour later or something. I don't know. So yeah, the police officers eventually show up and the Karen immediately starts screaming at them saying, you guys are 20 minutes late. I expected you to be here in 30 seconds. This young man is harassing me on my own property. And the police officers turn to Jay and is like, is this true? Like, what's your side of the story? And Jay says, okay, so this woman doesn't like us that much. Like, uh, we caught her also earlier today, like Snoop, or earlier this week, snooping around on our property, looking into our windows. We don't really care, but I mean, it's not that cool to do it. But what happened today was I was watering my plants. I put my phone down and the Karen over here, or says her name, or like this woman over here, what like walked over and stole my iPhone and ran into her house. She currently has my iPhone in there. Like I ran up here to try and reason with her. And she said that like she can steal my iPhone because it is issuing a form of punishment to me, but that I can't be on her lawn because I'm like trespassing and it's her property and that she's performing citizen's arrest on my iPhone. And the police officers kind of look at each other like, citizen's arrest on her iPhone, what? Right, they're kind of just looking at each other like, dude, what is going on right now? So they look at like, or they look towards the Karen, right? Because the Karen is behind this like glass, but you can hear her pretty well. They're like, ma'am, can you step out here for a second? And she's like, uh, so I can witness you give punishment to this kid? Absolutely. She opens up the door, walks through, and she's like, show officers. What's the punishment? The chair? Okay, she doesn't actually say, is this kid getting the chair for disrespecting my authority, right? She's like, all right. So she kind of like walks out all excited to see this kid, quote unquote, get punished. But the truth is really, she's just about to play herself. Because the officers, instead of turning to the kid and saying, all right, well, we're going to sentence you to death. Instead, right, the officers look at the Karen and just ask her, do you have this kid's phone? Did you take it from him? And, like, at this point, Jay was kind of expecting that the Karen was going to be like, no, he's making that up. And also, you can't search my house without a warrant. 
basically being like hiding his phone inside or something. But instead, I think that Karen was like so like ridiculous that she actually believed that she could issue punishment to this kid, like that she could actually be the one who could be like punishing this kid by taking his phone. So she's like, yes, in fact, I took his phone because, you know, he deserved the punishment. Like, I'm sure you are. You're off. <laughs> she's like, I'm sure you guys can understand. And once again, the officers look at each other and, like, raise an eyebrow to each other, like, like, kind of like the rock meme where it's like, and he's, like, raises up his eyebrow. And then they turn back to the Karen. They're like, ma'am, you can't, you can't take someone's property. And she's like, well, I'm, I mean, normally, you know, but what you guys don't understand is that uh, I was... I was issuing a punishment to this kid. You don't understand. This kid is the worst, and he deserves to be punished. And once again, the officers look at each other and are kind of just thinking to themselves, like, oh, my God. Okay, we actually have to, we actually have to deal with this today. Like, are you serious right now, bro? Like, are you serious, bro? Really? 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 Is this what we're doing? Is this our lives right now? Is this what we signed up for? Dealing with, like, old women that are just trying to, like, accuse everyone of everything, always, forever. Like, bro, are you serious? But anyways, they're like, ma'am, please get back the phone. And she's like, no. And they're like, ma'am, well, will you at least give the phone to us? And she's like, sure. Because I think that Karen believed that, like, the, these, like, police officers were going to, I don't know, take the phone and, like, take out their guns and, like, shoot the phone into a thousand pieces and be like, that's what you get for disrespecting your elders, kid. And then Jay was going to go home crying and then come back the next day with a basket of flowers being like, Miss Karen, I'll never disrespect you again. I'll do anything you say. Let me kiss your feet. <laughs> But what actually happened with the officers, immediately as they got the phone, they handed it back to Jay. And the Karen's like, what are you doing right now? This is treasonous. Which is just not the definition of treason, but I'm not even going into that right now. And yeah, the officers are like, ma'am, you have no right to take any of his stuff. He doesn't have any right to take any of your stuff either. But yeah, it goes both ways. Like, uh, can you please not call back if it's something like this? And she's like, not call back. I feel threatened by the fact that he's here. And they were like, ma'am, he was here because you took something of his. And she's like, well, I was just issuing a punishment. And they're like, ma'am, we've already gone over this. You know what? We wasted enough time. You know, there might actually be people out there that need us. And because we had to come out here, you know, the offices are like, their resources are depleted. Like, you know, this is kind of ridiculous. Please call back only if it's something important. Goodbye. And they get in their car and they drive away. And as Jay's walking back to his house, the Karen is yelling at him like, you won't get away with this. You don't know. I have friends in powerful places. Which, what is that, bro? What does that even mean? I have friends in powerful places. Ma'am, you just, you, you, just, you just moved here, bro. Like, what do you mean? Like the CEO of the world, like president of Earth is going to come and smite him or drone strike him, bro? Like, what? Yeah, so Jay kind of turns around and is like, okay, haha, whatever. And yeah, for the rest of the, because, like, this happened all a year ago. For the last year ever since then, Jay has had, like, minor issues, but nothing big enough to put into a story. However, Jay said he will DM me if the Karen does anything crazy again. So make sure to subscribe if you want more Karen stories or to be updated on this story when I do get a part two. And also, if you just like stories in general, and make sure, of course, if you want to support the channel, watch another video. Click on the video on screen Peace. right now. I know you'll enjoy it. Just click it. Do it. What's up guys, welcome back to a brand new story. Today we have a story of a Karen who calls the police
because she thinks that I am trespassing on my own property. And yeah, when the police tell the Karen that like, oh no, this is actually his property, she breaks into my house to try and prove that I'm trespassing on my own property by trespassing on my property. This is one of the craziest Karen stories you'll hear in a while, so sit back, relax, subscribe if you're new, leave a like on the video to claim your free nothing, and let's just jump right into it. So anyways, we're going to call the subscriber who submitted the story Aaron. So Aaron just moved into a new house in a new neighborhood with one of his college friends. So him and one of his college buddies both got jobs at the same, I don't know, is it like a, a bank or consulting firm or something? They're both making like pretty solid money. So they actually are able to move into a house together, which is pretty cool. Um, they're basically, uh, I, or renting or what, I, I don't know. They either bought the house or they're renting it and have proof that they're renting it. Either way, they are legally in this house, right? And uh, so they move in, they're moving their stuff in and they see this woman who is presumably their neighbor looking over at them very suspiciously. And they kind of look and Aaron decides to wave because he's like, you know, he's a nice upstanding citizen who wants to be nice to his neighbors and be friendly and be a good individual. And the Karen looks at him, glares at him and turns away. So Aaron kind of looks over at his friends. Like, it looks like we got like looks over at his friend and says, hey man, looks like we got some pretty friendly neighbors. And he's like, I don't know. She's probably just like uh, old or set in her ways or something. and doesn't like new people in the neighborhood. It's going to be whatever. Little did they know it was not going to be whatever, you know, it was going to be quite an ordeal. So anyways, right. A little bit later on, as they're moving in, they fully moved in. They're getting set up. They're putting the stuff together. I think they're setting up their living room or whatever, hanging the windows or... Did I just say hanging the windows? Hanging the paintings by the windows, getting the couch all put together. Whatever, right? They hear a knock on the door. And this is not a polite, like, bop, bop, bop. This is a boom, 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 boom. FBI open up. <laughs> kind of like one of those type of knocks, right? So they hear the knocks and they go over to the... And Lisa, uh, what I say his name was? Aaron? Yeah, we're going to call him Aaron. So Aaron decides to go over to the door just to see who it is, opens it up, and it is the same lady that gave him a very grumpy look earlier on in the day. And he's like, hey, ma'am, what's up? And in the middle of him saying, how's it going? She's like, I know that you're here illegally. And he kind of just looks at her and is like, uh, what? Like, I, I really don't know what you're saying. And she's like, I know that you're not actually supposed to be here and that you're here illegally. You're squatting in this house. Basically, if you don't know what squatting is, when there's like an empty house that has no one in it, but it's like in between leases or something like that, people will go in and just live there. I don't think it's the most harmful thing ever, but it is technically illegal. You can't do it unless like you own or you're renting the property or whatever. And uh, but yeah, so the Karen thinks that these two are squatting, which first of all, if you're squatting, you're probably not going to move in. Literally, you're not going to move in like an entire like house worth of furniture. You might move in like. I don't know, a bed or a sleeping bag or just like enough that you can like be here and also pack up and move quickly. Because the thing is, if you're squatting in a house, there's a decent chance that you're going to be asked to leave like at any moment, right? So you're not going to want to like move every a thousand items into the house. You're not going to want to move every item from your past, right? So anyways, um, yeah, sure enough, the Karen continues on to blame them. Aaron at this point's like, man, like, we are legally either, I don't know if they owned it or rented it. Let's just say that they owned it for the sake of the video. Either way, it's going to turn out the same way. He's like, we recently just bought this house. Like, we have proof of such or whatever. And she's like, I don't believe it. There is no way that you two could, like, be in a house like this. 
And he's like, well, we're not squatting, right? We're your neighbors. This is not a great first introduction, by the way. Like, sorry. This is not a great first introduction, bro. This is not a great first impression. Because, of course, the common saying is you can always make a first impression twice. Just kidding. You can only make it once, and this is the Karen's first introduction to them. This is their first impression of her. She's like, show me proof or you are squatters. And at this point, Aaron is kind of done with her nonsense. And to go and find like the deed or whatever, they did have it and they did have it with them. So they could in theory. But first of all, Aaron wasn't trying to put up with this Karen's demands of, oh, I demand you to do this. I demand you to do that. And also it would have taken like a decent amount of time, like five or 10 minutes of searching through stuff, not hours. This was not like going to the DMV. This was not a 10 year experience, right? But at the same time, it was going to take a second. And Aaron didn't want to give this lady any more attention than she deserved, which was literally no attention. She deserved not to be acknowledged, honestly. And so he said, he says so. He says, I have the deed, but it would take me a second to get it. So I'm not showing it to you. I don't need to show it to you. I live here. I'm not squatting. And you'll definitely know that in six months when I'm still here. And the Karen's like, you just proved to me that you are a squatter. Well, guess what? You better start packing up now because you're finished. And the Karen literally takes the door and pulls it shut. Since instead of like him slamming the door on her, she literally slams the door reverse. She grabs the door from him and slams it shut. Because I bet she wanted to have kind of like a big period at the end of her sentence. And to do so, you know, slam the door, slam the phone down when it wasn't like, a, you know, the phones we have today, like the old like ones that you actually put down to something. You could slam it by, you know, putting it down or whatever. But also a door. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever gotten mad at someone and you're just like, well, if that's how you feel, then boom, you just slam the door. It's a pretty good way to end it. It definitely shows your point. But the Karen so desperately wanted to prove her point or whatever that she, yeah, she basically would just like pull the door from him and slammed it shut on her own side. So, uh, you know, Aaron at this point walks back to his friend and is like, bro, like we should, like this like woman came over and said that we're squatting and his friend laughed a little bit. He's like, I don't know, man. Like, she says that she's going to go, like, find someone. So we might be doing something tonight. And his friend, who's, I mean, first of all, both of them are exhausted from moving in. The moving process is really tiring. It's really annoying or whatever. So they, you know, the only thing they want to do is finish moving in, finish unpacking, which they haven't even done yet. They still have more stuff that they need to do. But the last thing they want to do is deal with the Karen neighbor right now. That is genuinely the last thing that they want to be dealing with. But anyways, they still have to deal with her because about an hour later, an hour and a half later, give or take, they hear a knock on the door. But instead of like the, the knock they heard earlier from the Karen, which was the bum, 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 they actually heard a respectful but forceful bum, 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 kind of like a, you know, figure of authority, but I'm not like a deranged lunatic like the Karen neighbor is. And sure enough, they see a police officer there. And you know who they see standing like 20 feet behind watching the Karen. So the Karen very clearly called the cops, and but she wasn't like brave enough or she for some reason wasn't up there with him. Maybe maybe he was like, ma'am, please step back, ma'am. She was watching the whole thing from like 20 feet away and she was like smiling maniacally. This woman was crazy and evil, bro. So yeah, the police officer's like, uh, we got a report that uh, you guys are... Um, you don't own like the prop, the lease of this house and that you're just moving in. Uh, so I, we just got to see proof of ownership or whatever. If it's going to take you a second, 
that's fine. Not trying to rush you, but because we got a report, we do need to look into this. At this point, Aaron's like, okay, like it'll take me a second to go find it, but can I at least ask this? Was it that lady back there that reported me? And the police officer turns around and they're both looking at the Karen and she's like, because <laughs> she probably thinks that she just got him or whatever. He turns back around. He's like, I don't think I'm supposed to tell you, but I'm also not going to not say it was her. He kind of looked at him for a second and Aaron looked back at him and they both kind of like acknowledged that, yeah, this, this woman was crazy and she definitely like reported them. But, you know, he's like, all right, well, I'll go get it. Because he doesn't want to tell the police officer, I'm not going to get it either. Because, like, just, bro, bro, just do what he says at this point. Make it easier on both of you. So, yeah. Sure enough, he goes up. He finds the deed or lease or whatever, whatever official document is necessary. He comes back down, and he hands it over to the officer. The officer looks at it, and is like, yep, this all checks out. And he walks away. And the Karen's like, are you going to arrest him? Officer, officer, are you going to arrest him? And, you know, he's like, sorry, ma'am, like, no. I don't know if he says sorry, ma'am. He might just be like, no, ma'am, we are not going to arrest this guy. He just showed us proof that he actually lives there. Um, he, like, he, he is your neighbor legally. Like, he's not squatting. Have a good day. And the Karen's like, no, no, he definitely is squatting there. Whatever he showed you was a forged fake document. And the police officer's like, ma'am, you have no proof of that. I took a look at it. I've seen thousands of these documents. This one's legit. Like, I've never actually, I've never, no, no one actually forges these things. And if they did, I would have noticed this is a legit document. Go on with your day, ma'am. And the Karen looks very angry. And she walks right by the police officer, right up to the front door. And Aaron is starting to close the door because he's like, I'm not dealing with this. And she literally shoves her foot in to, to block the door, like a door sto- stand or whatever. Not door stand, a door stopper. And Aaron's like, what? And she's like, I know that you're lying. I know that you're full of crap. I know that you made that up and that you're not actually my neighbor and you're just squatting. And she's like, oh no, sorry. And Aaron's like, ma'am, how much more proof do you need? I just showed the police officer my document. And she says, show it to me. And he's like, I don't trust you. I'm not going to give it to you because you might run away with it or rip it up or do something weird with it. She's like, I'm your neighbor. I demand to see it and I legally have to. He's like, ma'am, you do not know the laws of this country, bro. I do not need to legally show you the document of proof that I'm living here. I already unnecessarily did that to the police officer that you called on me. The law has been enacted. I live here. She's like, we'll see about that. She turns around walks away. So Aaron goes back, sits down. His friend's like, oh man, like, are, are, we, are, we, are we free yet? He's like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what else she could possibly do at this point, but I got a feeling she's going to be a nuisance for a while. And Aaron's suspicion was 100% on the money because she wasn't just about to be a, like a nuisance. She was about to be a full-fledged Karen criminal. Real quick, if you made it this far into the video, comment Karen down below. That'll be the secret word of the day. It's not very secret, I know, but it'll be the word of the day at least. I'll try and hard as many comments as I can if I got the time, and either way, just make sure to comment that down below. Also, just so you know, these videos are now being posted again on the Spotify. Sorry for the delay, um, but the Spotify link is down below. The shorts are on TikTok. The link to TikTok is down below, or it's at Connor Pugs if it's not a link. And uh, finally, the best way you can support the channel, get us in the algorithm, and just help out the community is just watch a lot of my videos. It's not that hard. And it helps out more than you can ever imagine. So just when you're done with this or later on, 
go ahead and watch a bunch of my older videos. Um, it really does help out the channel. And please let me know in the comment section down below how many of my older videos you've been watching, what you're doing while watching them, stuff like that. And I really love reading those comments and replying to some of them. All right, let's get back to it as the Karen's about to break the freaking law, bro. Anyways, yeah, so sure enough, at this point, Aaron and his friend are just chilling. They're relaxing. They haven't fully moved in because their plan was to fully move in, but they had a few interruptions by a few individuals that shall not be named. <coughs> the Karen. <coughs> but, <laughs> God, I was trying to do a fake cough and ended up just hiccuping during it. I really don't, I really hope I don't have the hiccups now because that would make the recordings very annoying. Anyways, I think I'm good. Anyways, right, so uh, we, Aaron and his friend, they're just hanging out. They're just doing whatever, watching a movie or something before they go to bed. And eventually, they decide to go to bed. They're tired. They call it quits early. And yeah, they're in, they're in their separate beds or whatever. And that's when his friend comes into Aaron's room at like t one in the morning, right? It's pitch black. He's like shaking Aaron to wake him up. So Aaron just wakes up super startled. He's like, what, 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 what what's going on? And he's like, man, man, there, there's someone in the house. There's someone in the house. So immediately, Aaron, like, he's like, all right, all right. So he goes over, picks up his phone, dials 911, says, hey, we think that someone's in our house. We're calling now just as a precaution. Like, please show up. We'll let you know if it's nothing. Puts down the phone. Operator, like, asks for his house address or whatever. They got it. They're coming. So police are coming either way. And Aaron and his friend are like, okay, what do we, what do, we do? And his friend's like, dude, we should just kind of, like, hide out here. And Aaron's like, well, I kind of want to, like, investigate. First of all, if someone, if you think someone's broken into your house, please do not investigate. Just a little warning, don't do that. So his friend's like, Aaron, bro, don't do that. Aaron's like, ah, oh, I just want to look. So Aaron kind of, like, sneaks out, and he hears banging coming from the kitchen area. He hears stuff being moved around. There's very clearly someone there. So Aaron turns around, he's like, okay, yep, you're right. There is definitely someone in this house. Or maybe a bear broke in, because it kind of sounds like a bear broke in. But anyways, they go into their bedroom, they lock the door, and they just sit there, looking out the window, waiting for the cops to come. So a little while later, they see, like, the blue lights of the cop car show up, and the cops walk up, uh, up to, like, the front door, they bang on it a little bit, then eventually, they break into, the, like, the door or whatever, and they get in. And so Aaron is like, alright, do you think they got the guy? Because they're hearing, like, hey, you right there, stop, freeze, or whatever. So after a little bit of, like, scruffling, they didn't hear any gunshots or anything or anything too crazy. So Aaron's like, okay, we can definitely, like, we can definitely go down and check it out now. And as Aaron's about to open up the door, he hears, like, an officer yell, like, is anyone else in here? And Aaron yells back, yeah, we're the homeowners. We call this in. They're like, where are you located? And he's like, come up the stairs or whatever. So he goes up to the, uh, the, the officer comes up to the door of Aaron's bedroom or whatever. He looks through the peephole or the keyhole or whatever. Sure enough, it is the officer, so they're all good. They open it up, and the officer's like, hey, like, can we see, like, are you guys the homeowners? And they're like, yeah. And they're actually like, wait a minute, let me just show you proof. They go over to their whatever, their documents, and they show their driver's license, and the documents of whoever owns the home and the driver's license add up. Because, look, if maybe three people invaded the house, and you can't just say, I'm the homeowner, and the police can't just be like, oh, okay. Like, bro, there's already a, someone broken into the house. So the police officer's like, the person who broke in is already downstairs. They've been apprehended. Like, they're, you're safe to go down. We actually are going to ask you to come down and, like, take a look at them just in case you recognize them. And Aaron did not for a single second think that he was going to see who he was about to see. It was about to be one of the biggest shocks of his life, or at least one of the biggest shocks he's had in a long, long time. 
So anyways, Aaron is walking down the stairs. And, you know, the police officer, he's asking, like, some questions. And he's like, oh, what was it like? What happened? Police officer's like, yeah. So we, you know, we opened, we broke in. Sorry, you have a little damage to the front door. But, you know, it somehow was locked or whatever. And they got in. So we just, we, we just, we had to break through the door. Sorry. And Aaron's like, well, that's a hundred more dollars I need to spend. But whatever, right? Thankfully, the guy's apprehended. Or the guy, quote unquote. Because you don't know who it is going to be. And he's like, yeah, we got there. And there's this person. And they were, like, scrub rummaging around stuff when we said freeze. They didn't really seem to run or have any weapons on them or anything. It was actually a very easy apprehension. Um, they're actually downstairs. The other officer has them, you know, in a corner, got them cuffed up, and we'll just ask them questions now. We can also take this outside if you'd like. And Aaron didn't really care. Um, so they, wa- they went downstairs. And Aaron and his roommate are, like, walking down the stairs. They turn the corner. And Aaron sees the Karen in handcuffs in the corner next to the other officer. And Aaron is just like, there's no way. He legit says that out loud. So the officer turns to him and says, oh, so you know this woman? He's like, "Uh, yes, I've had a brief but terrible history with her. And he's like, oh. So Aaron goes on to explain that this one, that they moved in today. The officer's like, I'm sorry that you're already having this happening, like, one day moving in. Like, this is a pretty safe neighborhood. This normally doesn't happen. And he goes on to say, like, okay, well, the reason for this... So Aaron goes on to explain that, like, yeah, this woman came over, so that he was, like, squatting in the house when he actually wasn't squatting in the house, and that she called the cops on him, and that they showed proof that... Oh, my God, that- Connor Pugs. I got myself a Manscaped, and it is absolutely amazing. I There are absolutely no nicks or scrapes, and it is just beautiful. And I used your code. What's your Pugs20, of course, Pugs use that code. 20, and you I love to see it. Off. You got 20 amazing. whole percent off? That's what I'm saying. You know, I, you know I got you. You know I got you with Thanks, that. Thanks, man. I love you. I got you. I got you. Anyways, after that very real and normal interaction, so, uh, yeah, he goes on to explain to the officers that, yeah, this Karen's been after him for a while, this is not his first rodeo with this Karen, and that she actually said after the police officer came earlier that checked his, uh, his registration or whatever it was, he checked his something, and it was, like, kind of proof that it was good. The Karen said that, like, she didn't believe him and that she was gonna, like, take into her own hands. And the officer and him, I guess, deduced that the Karen was rummaging around their house, after break, trespassing, tres, like breaking in and trespassing to try and find the deed to kind of prove that it was fake or whatever, to take a photo or prove herself like she would know what it would look like. But yeah, the Karen accused him of breaking the law, but the Karen herself ended up breaking the law. So the, the officers asked if, like, you know, he wanted to press any charges, and Aaron said no, but on some conditions. And the conditions were basically that... If the Karen broken again, then yes, there would be consequences. And also just the police officers to explain to the Karen that there would be serious consequences if she did anything else like this. And to just to pound it through her head that they actually lived there, right? They actually lived there. Like, come on now. Is it really that hard to believe that? So yeah, moral of the story is uh, don't be a Karen. What's up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new story. Today, we have a crazy story of a Karen who thinks that the laws don't apply to her. So she starts breaking laws in front of the police officers. And let me just say that this is one of the most wild Karen stories I have ever received. And I know you'll enjoy it. So sit back, relax, leave a like on the video to claim your free nothing. And let's jump right into it. So we're going to call the subscriber who submitted this story, Aiden. So anyways, 
Aiden was about 17, 18 at the time, and over the summer, he got a summer job working at this grocery store. So he didn't really have consistent hours, so sometimes he'd be working in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon, and sometimes really late at night. Like, this was one of those grocery stores that was open practically 24 hours a day. I don't know if it was 24 hours, but he worked a very late shift on, when this story started, he was at a very late shift. So this was like, I don't know, 11, 12 at night. So you'd have a few people come in every like 20 minutes or so, but it really wasn't rush hour. And he was also the only person in the store, which makes this Karen story even more interesting because this Karen decides to come in and start some problems when it's only Aiden. Remember, this kid's like 17 and she's about to give him the hardest time possible. So it all started as what seemed like a normal night. But as all these stories go, they do not turn out to be normal nights. So anyways, Aiden was working at the cash register. He was also in charge of basically anything else going down at the store because he was the only one there. So if someone needed, like, if something needed to be put back or anything like that, he was in charge as he was the only one there. But he was mainly, like, mainly manning the cash register at this point. So all of a sudden, at, like, 12.15, no one else in the store, no one else working there, no one else getting stuff, he hears the door open, so he looks over... He sees this old he sees this woman come in. This older woman. She looks very angry. She has a look. She just has a look on her face as soon as she walks in. She she just has this kind of look that you know that she's gonna be trouble. Like off the bat, you know that she's just gonna be difficult. She's gonna be a situation from they know that she's gonna be a situation from like the moment she walks in the door. That's honestly what it's looking like right now. So Aiden kind of looks at her as she very angrily walks up to his desk and He's like, all right, what's, what's good? And she comes up and says, I would like to return this item. And she puts an item on his desk. And I don't know exactly what this item was, but I do have a description of it. It was beaten up. It was broken. It was heavily used. Aiden didn't even know if they sold it here. And she didn't have a receipt. Yeah, I'm going to say that again so I can let that sink in. The Karen was trying to return something that was clearly used so often that it's completely lost its function, whatever it is. It, it doesn't even look like something that Aiden sold at the store, and she also had no proof that she bought it from the store, aka receipt. So Aiden very calmly tells her, hey ma'am, uh, like we do have a return policy saying that it has to like be in pretty good condition, and you also have to have proof of purchase. And this thing is definitely not in good condition. It doesn't look like you have any proof of purchase. And I don't even know if you're in the right store right now because I don't think we sell that here. And the Karen gives him this look. This kind of look of like, how dare you question my authority? I'm your elder. You should do exactly what I say no matter what type kind of look, right? So yeah, um, anyways, the Karen is just like responds to him. I got this from the store, and I have not used it. I only used it once, and it didn't work. I just want my money back. And Aiden's like, uh, could you tell me, like, a description of this item? Because I'm telling you guys, it was so worn out and so used that Aiden couldn't even figure out what this was supposed to be. Like, he didn't even know what to type into the computer to look up to try and figure out what it was because it was so mangled and messed up and beaten up that he couldn't even tell you what it was supposed to be, 
Like, he couldn't even get a good educated guess on it. That's how messed up it was. That's Loki one of the reasons why Aiden wasn't able to tell me what it was, because he genuinely couldn't even figure it out himself. This is when the Karen guy starts to get really mad. She's like, you know, your business is scamming a local citizen by not giving the money, not giving a refund where the refund was clearly stated that you could get one. And Aiden says, yeah, I mean, we do have a refund policy, but it's also pretty clearly stated that you need a receipt to get the refund. And she's like, you know, I, I just don't have it with me. And Aiden's like, oh, well, I'm sorry, but like, if you have it, like, even if you have it at home, we're going to need you to like, go back and get it. Like, I know that's a bit of a trek, but it's his policy. Like, I don't run the store. I just work here. I can't be doing stuff like that. And so, because Aiden was maybe going to be lenient if she had a receipt, and then he could at least type in the item and see if they actually hot, had it, because, like, Aiden was low-key trying to call her bluff, because he was pretty confident that they did not sell whatever this was supposed to be. But she goes on to say, so, yeah, she just, like, has a mental breakdown. It's like, well, how about you, you just give me my money, and I'll get the receipt later, which is, like, the most ridiculous thing ever. I get that she doesn't want to make the drive, but what if that, like, here's the thing. Let's say that you didn't want to make the drive. Wouldn't it just make sense for you to be like, you don't need the receipt here. This like, give me a refund instead of saying, give me the money now. I'll drive back and get the receipt and bring it back to you. Like that literally makes no sense, bro. So yeah, Aiden kind of just kind of puts his foot down a little bit and explains to her, look, without the receipt, I can't even begin the process of trying to give you a refund. Like, not even, not even talking about the state of this item right here, as he kind of motions towards, like, the completely destroyed item, whatever it was. Not even to mention the state of this item. Just, like, very generally, I don't think I can even give you, start to give you a refund for this. So the Karen, something changes in her eyes. Something evil starts to brew behind those, the, those cold, dark eyes or whatever. And she's like, so, you've chosen to disrespect me. And he's like, uh... So you've chosen to tarnish your elders. And he's kind of like, bro, what, 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 are you, what are you saying right now? I genuinely don't know what's going on. So you have chosen. And he's like, all right, bro. Because he's like, all right, this, she's going on about something. I don't know what's going on right now, but it's not like I can do anything about it. And she's like... So I'm going to enact citizen's justice. Bro, not even citizen's arrest, which is the goofiest thing that you only hear Karen say. Citizen's justice. I'm pretty sure that's just called breaking the law. Oh, man, I'm just going to enact my own justice. When has that ever been said and then something good follows it, bro? Like, actually give me a time and a place and I'll, I'll believe you. But until I hear it, I don't believe you, bro. So anyways, she turns and she starts walking down one of the aisles. And Aiden is so confused at this point, because he genuinely just has no idea what's going on. And sure enough, the Karen goes up to one of the aisles and says, are you going to give me a refund? Yes or no? And I mean, obviously, he's not going to give her a refund, because why would he give her a refund at this point? She's giving him no reasons to give him a refund. Actually, she's given him so many reasons not to give him, like, to give her a refund at this point. And he's like, uh, no, I still need to see your receipt to start the process. And, and, then, and then the Karen takes a big, like, okay, so it was, I think it's like, let's just say it's a big rack of vegetable oil. It was a bunch of something, right? She takes a hand and plows through it all. It all falls on the ground, breaks open, vegetable oil is spilling all over the floor. It's going everywhere. And she turns back to Aiden 
and just stares him down. And Aiden is pretty shocked at the moment because he had no idea that the Karen was going to start doing actual damage, right? And she's like, do I get a refund now, little guy? And Aiden is just like, whoa, this is out of my range. This is out of my expertise at this point. This was not in the how to be a cashier training. They did not prepare me for crazy Karens in my training, bro. That's all I'm going to say is I was not prepared for something like this. So sure enough, he's like, uh, like, ma'am, I'm going to ask you to leave. Like, and like, cause in his training, I think he was told to like, if anyone's like doing damage or breaking the rules or whatever, you can ask them to leave. And she's like, I'm not leaving before I get my refund. Give me my refund in full and I'll consider leaving. So not even I'll leave, but I'll consider leaving if you give me exactly what I want. She was probably even going to do a little bit more damage after that too, bro, if we're being honest. Yeah, but sure enough, uh, he's like, uh, no, like, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. So what the Karen does is she goes on and just, like, destroys something else. Like, I think she finds, like, something glass or something easy to break. She picks it up, boom, smashes it on the ground, takes another one, lifts it above her head and says, are you going to give me a refund now? And Aiden's like, no, boom, smashes it on the ground again, picks up another one. Are you going to give me a refund now? Aiden just looks at her blankly. Boom! Smashes on the ground. So you can see the pattern here. The Karen's just trying to destroy the entire place until she gets what she wants, right? So Aiden picks up the phone, dials 911, as, you know, you should at this point. Someone's breaking all your stuff, and you're 16, 17, whatever, and no one else is there. Can't call for backup, can't call your manager, can't do any of that. So yeah, calls 911 and kind of explains the situation while big smashing and crashing noises are in the background. Okay, the dispatcher says that they'll have people there in 15 minutes, so just make sure the situation doesn't escalate. Which is a, I don't know, it's a pretty big ass to tell some 15-year-old, hey, I know you're in some crazy situation right now, but make sure that it doesn't escalate. Oh yeah, he'll just go back to his de-escalating a Karen training. You can't train for that, man. You can't de-escalate a Karen once they go full psycho Karen mode, bro. You can't de-escalate them, bro. Anyways, though, yeah, so he's kind of just behind the cash register, watching as this Karen goes around smashing stuff, saying, are you gonna give me a refund now, little guy? Boom, gonna give me a refund now? Boom. But all of a sudden, or not all of a sudden, I guess 20 minutes later, the doors open up and two police officers walk in to see the Karen breaking stuff and to see so much stuff on the ground, spilled, broken, all the above, right? I mean, you can't really break, uh, uh, splattered, uh, destroyed, whatever you want to call it. Depends on the item. You can't shatter a, like an apple, but you can smush it, right? So whatever it is, it's all been kind of destroyed. It's all been kind of wrecked. So the police officers come in. They're like, what's going on here? The Karen sees them, turns around, sees a supply closet or like a broom closet. Okay. When I say sprint, I mean sprint super liberally. I don't mean she's like, I don't know, Usain Bolt doing like a one second mile. I'm saying she like power waddles. Yeah, she power waddles to the, uh, what's it called? To the broom closet, gets in there and locks it behind her, which why did the broom closet lock from the inside? Who knows? Aiden's like, oh, you can't be, you gotta be kidding me, man. You gotta be kidding me. So police officers, one of them walks over to look over at all the damage and make sure the Karen doesn't escape. The other one goes over to Aaron, Aaron, Aiden, sorry. I think Aaron is the name of the last guy in the last Karen story, actually, and asks him, so can you give me a recap of what happened? 
So Aiden goes on to say, yeah, so I was just here. She came back with an item. This woman came in with an item, the woman in the closet right now. It was pretty beaten up and she didn't have a receipt and she was demanding a refund. And I basically told her that, well, one, her item was so like beat up and destroyed. I couldn't even tell her that. I couldn't even tell if it came from here or not. But also, you know, second, you know, if she doesn't have a receipt, I can't even start the process to giving her a refund. So without the receipt, I couldn't even give her one. So she got really mad at this and started breaking stuff, demanding a refund. And uh, by the time you guys came, she's like broken about a third of the store's items. Like, this is pretty crazy. I didn't want to intervene, though, because I don't know what this woman's capable of or, you know, how deranged she really is. Police officer said, okay, son, you did the right thing, calling us and trying to keep the situation as calm as possible. We'll take it from here. So they both go up and actually like Aiden stays in the cash register, but this is a fairly small convenience store. So it's not, so he can hear everything good that goes on. So they go up to the broom closet. They're like, ma'am, what's the meaning of all this? And she's like, that little rat scallion won't get, or rap scallion won't give me a, a refund on my items that I purchased from the store. He is stealing from the elders right now. And they're like, ma'am, first of all, he just works here. He can't make the rules. Second of all, it's pretty clearly stated, and there was a legit sign talking about refunds in the store. So it's not like the Karen had no idea at all. It was actually fairly clear. But anyways, they're like, ma'am, it's pretty clear from like what we're seeing, like, and they point to the sign, you do need like a receipt to get a refund. Like that's just kind of the deal here. And she's like, well, he should have known. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. The Karen was just going on about something about how she deserved a refund and how it's so bad that she didn't get one or something. But yeah, I don't, I don't even know. And eventually they were like, ma'am, if you don't like, if you don't come here or if, or it's like, if you don't come out right now, we're going to go in there and get you for like, and I don't know. They say something along the lines of that. And that's when the Karen starts maniacally slash evilly laughing it is one of the weirdest, most off-putting, like, responses that Aiden could have ever heard. Like, it is the weirdest thing ever. The Karen just starts laughing. Laughing hysterically, like an evil villain in a superhero movie when she's in the closet. And what she's about to say next is one of the craziest things Aiden has ever heard anyone ever say. Real quick, if you made it this far into the video, comment Karen down below. That'll be the secret word of the day. I like to see all the people who commented. I'll try and heart as many of those comments as I possibly can. Thank you, guys. Anyways, also, these videos are on Spotify, or I try and put as many of them as I possibly can. Link's in the description. Also, follow tick, my new TikTok, or it's the same TikTok, I guess. I'll be posting my shorts on there as well if you want to help out. And finally, the best way to support the channel is just to binge watch the videos. So at some point, sit down and just watch a bunch of my old story videos. Or maybe right after you're done watching this one to the end, you can just keep on watching more videos. I'll have a story time playlist in the pinned comment. That makes it real easy for you guys to watch. And please, 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 if you are binge watching the videos, make sure to comment down below telling me such so I can say thank you personally. Anyways, let's get back to the crazy Karen story. So anyways, a little recap. The Karen has ran into the broom supply closet, right? Because she sees the police and she, she knows she's about to be arrested. Aiden explains the whole situation to the police and explains it like, all right, this is what's going on. This is what's going down. And they're like, okay. Uh, they probably got their walkie-talkie. We're like, we got, a, we got a code 58, crazy Karen in a convenience store. I repeat, we got a code 58. 
I don't know if that's a real code or something, but let's just say for the sake of it, code 58 equals crazy Karen and convenience store. Typical situation they have to deal with on the daily at this point. But anyways, they go up to the Karen and they basically tell her, look, we're going, if you don't come out here and like, we're going to we're going to go into the supply closet. We're going to open that door. If you don't open it yourself. And that's when the Karen starts laughing maniacally, which is one of the most off-putting responses you could have possibly heard. One of the most off-putting responses in general, right? So sure enough, the Karen is just laughing, laughing maniacally. And she says, you guys can't arrest me. You can't arrest me. And the, the, the police officers are just looking at her. And she says, you wouldn't dare arrest a woman. That is not very gentlemanly of you. So the Karen opens up the door and starts laughing. And the two police officers are just looking at each other. And they look back at the Karen, and then they look at each other, and then they look back at the Karen, and the Karen responds, the Karen repeats herself and says, you guys wouldn't dare arrest a woman, so I'm going to walk free unless you want to be bad gentlemen. Bro was really raised in the 1700s or something, bro. I don't know know what what crossed her mind to think that that's actually what's going to happen, but that is what's going to happen, bro. Like, I was like, all right, word. So she walks out there, and the police officers are like, uh, ma'am, you caused all this damage to the store. We are going to have to at least take you in for questioning. She's like, what? No, you wouldn't dare not be good gentlemen. And they just kind of look at each other. And Aiden is just so floored by this response. He's just so... He, he, he's trying to figure out what's going on. Aiden's like, is this really her response? Is this her really her get out of jail free card moment is saying that they wouldn't dare arrest her because she's a woman and they would not disrespect their manlyhood or I don't freaking know, bro. But yeah, um, they basically say, I don't know if that's how that's going to work. So they turn her around, they take out the handcuffs and she says, you wouldn't dare do that. And they both look at each other and then they put on the handcuffs and she's like, no, no, arrest him. And they both look at each other, the two police officers looking at each other like, bro, what did this, what did she just say? And she's like, arrest that guy behind the cash register. Pointing to Aiden or like motioning to Aiden because she's got her hands behind her back. It's a little hard to point to someone when you're in handcuffs with your hands behind your back. And they're just like, uh, why? And she's like, he's robbing me of my, of my refund. They're like, uh, what? She's robbing me of my refund. And they're like, ma'am, ma'am, you, you, first of all, you know what, ma'am? We're, no, because <laughs> they're not going to explain it to her for the hundredth time of how, like, no, if you want a refund, you've got to get your own receipt. And no, if he's not doing it, he just works for it. And they're done explaining it to the Karen. And as the Karen is being walked out, she looks at Aiden and looks at him dead in the eyes and says to him, this isn't over. Mark my words. And that was like one of the most chilling responses Aiden could have ever received. And uh, let me just say, she did not lie. This was not over. And she was definitely not done. Unfortunately for Aiden, she was very much not done. Because she was about to return in the worst way possible. Fast forward three months. Aiden is still working here. It's like, it's kind of towards the tail end of the summer. So Aiden's like, this is like his last week or last two weeks or something. But he's basically, he's almost done with what he's doing, right? 
And it's, he's completely forgotten about the Karen incident. His manager came in the next day after the whole Karen incident, kind of gave him a, uh, a thank you for handling the situation well. The shop actually closed down for a couple days to reassess or whatever. They, uh, the Karen was like fined X number of dollars to repay for whatever. And she actually did, which is a little surprising, especially for what she's about to do. It's a little surprising she went through with it. Um, she definitely had a change of heart, that's all I'm trying to say. But yeah, after about a week, they got the place up and running again, and uh, Aiden was made, like, employee of the month or whatever out of the three employees they had. So, wow, such an honor, man. But anyways, uh, fast forward, like, two months later, three months later, whatever I said, this is, like, one of the last... This is either the last week or second to last week that Aiden's working the shift, and, uh, you know, he just has completely forgotten about the whole Karen situation. And, uh, yeah, he doesn't think much of it. He's kind of at the point where he's like, okay, you know, I'm kind of wrapping things up. The Karen situation's in the back of his head at this point. And uh, that's when he just happens to look out the window. And he just happens to look at a car that's pulling in. And he just happens to notice someone walking out of the car that looked oddly familiar. And he just happened to notice that the person who looked so oddly familiar was carrying a freaking baseball bat, bro. And that's when he realized that the reason why this person looked so, so familiar was that this was the Karen. Yeah, the Karen that got arrested and tried to destroy the entire store three months ago has returned in broad daylight with the freaking baseball bat, dude. So yeah, immediately Aiden calls 911. Because at this point, you know, the Karen has been told never to return. And if she does, there's going to be trouble. And she's also returning with a baseball bat. So at this point, it just makes a lot of sense for Aiden to get ahead of the situation. So while he's on the phone, you know, he explains, like, this woman has caused damage before. She's appeared in the parking lot with a baseball bat very suspiciously. I just would feel better if someone came because I can almost guarantee something's about to go down. They, and they, this is kind of a local police department. So I think the person even literally remembers what happened before. So, uh, yeah, they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, we got you. We got you this. Don't worry about it. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, uh, the police are coming. But the police, it, it's going to take like 15, 20 minutes. So Aiden's a little nervous right now. But there's another cash, uh, cashier there. Someone wa- He's not the only one at the store at the moment. So he yells at them, says, hey, we got trouble. Person comes up. He's like, oh, my God, who's that? And Aiden looks at him and says, you know that Karen I was telling you about that one night? And the guy that Aiden's working with looks at him in a look of disbelief, like no way that's the same person. And Aiden has to break the bad news that yes, that is the same person, and that person is coming at them with a baseball bat. Yeah, not looking good for both of them right now. So anyways, right, you know, they're both like, okay, what is she going to do? And the Karen makes eye contact with Aiden. Aiden makes eye contact with the Karen. And the Karen starts bursting out into laughter as she approaches the place with a baseball bat. Yeah, not looking really good right now. So she starts walking towards them with a baseball bat and uh, goes up, like, opens up the door window and says, "You or not the door window, opens up the, the door. And Aiden is staring at her. And the other person Aiden is working with has frozen as well, and is just staring at her as well. And they're just looking at her, and she's just looking at them. And she has this big grin on her face. And let me just say that they do not have the same grin on their faces. 
To say the least, they do not have the same look of excitement and joy that the Karen is with them. They are not equally as happy that this is the case. Yeah, so they're all just making eye contact with the crazy deranged Karen who's standing in the door with a baseball bat right now. And she's just looking at them. And she says, you didn't think I'd be back. I told you. You should have given me that refund all that time ago. And now I had to, I'm taking my revenge. And immediately she turns to one of the windows. Boom! Hits it with the baseball bat. The window shatters. At this point, Aiden's real scared. Understandably. Because look, when the Karen was destroying stuff in the store, he was really afraid that it was going to get out of control. But at that point, she was really just breaking stuff with her fists and throwing it on the ground. Like, he really thought, okay, if the Karen comes swinging for me or something like that, it really wouldn't be that big of an issue because, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not too scared. But now the Karen's coming in with an actual baseball bat. Like, that's kind of just a different story right there, bro. That's Loki just a different story. Like, if she swung at him and made contact, dude, that could do a lot of damage. I don't care if she's barely able to swing it. Like, I don't care if she doesn't have the strongest swing. I don't care if she's not, like, in the MLB. I don't care if she doesn't bench press 325, bro. It doesn't matter. She just, she still has a baseball bat. That's a weapon right there. So Aiden kind of, like, backs up. He makes sure to keep his distance with the Karen. And him and his, like, co-worker are trying to keep their distance, right? And they're just waiting on the police to come. So the Karen is yelling at them, Should have given me my discount! Should have given me my discount! While slamming the bat into windows. Cl basically clean the cash register right off. Because she took a clean shot of the cash register with her baseball bat. Boom! Thing explodes. $10 bills fly everywhere. And then she starts going into the aisles, boom, boom, starts whacking stuff. And that's when the police officers get there. So the police officers get there, they see they're alerted about the Karen. And I think one of them was actually there last time. So they know about the Karen. And they see her destroying, swinging around a full-fledged freaking baseball bat. So they're definitely on edge at this point. And they're just like, freeze! And the Karen turns around looking all deranged and crazy, with an actual baseball bat, right? She has a baseball bat out, which is, that's pretty bad. So they're looking at her, and she looks at them, and she says, make me, which was probably one of the worst responses that you could have given to two police officers when you're holding a baseball bat, because one of them does make her. Pulls out the taser, which, I mean, look, you got someone swinging around a baseball bat, I'm not going in to sit down to have a polite conversation either. I get where he's coming from. Taser, zaps her, immediately goes to the ground. I mean, this Karen's not, uh, this Karen isn't like some kind of like Iron Man, like, and he was hit with two bullets and he stood there unfazed, like cue whatever music. No, no, no. You know, I mean, if you're hit with a taser, you're going down, bro. So yeah, Karen collapses, baseball bat, goes on the ground one of the police officers rushes over to like separate her from the baseball bat puts her at handcuffs checks her to make sure she doesn't have like any other weapons or something like that she does not the other police officer goes over to once making sure that the uh that the karen is like contained or whatever goes over to aiden his co-workers ask hey do you are you good did she hit you with a bat are there any damages to you or whatever are you guys good they basically say, yeah, we're safe. Like, we always kept our distance or whatever. And, uh, yeah. 
one of the police officers who was there last time is like, is this really the same woman that was here like three months ago? And, uh, you know, at this point, Aiden recognized this guy from being there three months ago. He's like, yeah, this is the same woman. I haven't seen, and, you know, he says, have you seen her over the last, like, two or three months or however long ago it was? And he says, no, like, I have legitimately not seen her since. She also, the money went through that, like, she was charged for all the damages she did. She paid it through, so we kind of thought that we'd never see her again, but I guess not. So yeah, the police like take her away. Um, obviously, this was a lot more serious. Uh, I don't know exactly what the charges were, as I wasn't told exactly. Um, the because remember this convenience store wasn't some big chain; it was like a mom and pop type location. So they were actually able, through insurance or whatever, somehow they got the money back. They had to close down again for a second because now there's broken glass and windows and destroyed stuff. And, uh, yeah, the Karen was now very, very much, she was in bigger trouble. I don't know exactly what. I would assume that she served some jail time for that. I doubt she got off on, like, the second time. Because, like, that time she was swinging on them with a bat. Like, that's some serious stuff you're doing right there. But, yeah, moral of the story is, uh, I don't know. Don't be a Karen, bro. Yeah, subscribe if you're new. Watch another click video. Click on the video on screen right now. Peace. I know you'll enjoy it. Just click it. Do it. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new story. Today, we have a story of a Karen who goes up to someone and says, let me speak to the manager, and that person is the manager, and they're able to put that Karen in her place. However, the Karen decides that she is going to take the law into her, into her own hands. She fights a bunch of employees. She tries to steal. She tries to fight the cop. Overall, it's a pretty great Karen story, so sit back, relax, leave a like in the video to claim your free nothing, and let's jump right into it. So we're going to call the subscriber who submitted the story, Alex. So Alex was actually recently promoted to store manager, and this was like one of the, uh, some kind of like, conven not, not a convenience store, but it was like a home goods store in a sense, so it had those type of items, and Alex had worked there for a little bit, and he went to school, like some kind of business school or whatever, and he, at night or something like that, and he was able to upgrade to, not upgrade, but he was able to move up the ladder to manager of the store, which is a pretty big deal, and he was pretty excited about it. So he had a pretty crazy Karen encounter, like a really crazy Karen encounter, on the first month of him being manager of the store. So this all started on what felt like a normal day, which I mean, all these stories really do start on what seems like a normal day, which turns into a less so normal day, turns into a story worthy day. This all started on what's felt like a normal day. And uh, it was about two in the afternoon and Alex, the store manager was working back in his little office or whatever, checking up on inventories, uh, looking at balance sheets, whatever store managers do. And uh, basically, right, the rest, a little bit of the story is from the perspective of a cashier. So I will give you that perspective now. And just, just so you know, it's the cashier told Alex, the manager, about this. So anyways, this Karen walks into the store and she goes around and she finds an item that she really wants. And she goes up to the cashier and she goes to checkout. And he's, while he's ringing up the item, the Karen is fishing around in her purse. And the Karen pulls out this receipt, old, well, not this receipt, sorry, this coupon, old, crinkly, really old, whatever, right? But at the end of the day, a coupon is a coupon. It doesn't need to be in prime condition to be used. However, the coupon has an expiration date. Some coupons are kind of uh, unlimited, but some of them do have expiration dates. This one very clearly had an expiration date of one year ago. 
So she hands it over to the cashier, and he looks at it. He's like, ma'am, so sorry. Um, I can't take this coupon. It expired a year ago. Uh, would you still like to purchase these items? And the Karen looked at him and says, I handed you a coupon. I saved the coupon for when I wanted the item. I want the item, so I should get the, like, the percentage off. And at this point, the cashier's like, look, I don't write the rules here. Personally, I think I would have given you the discount, but I can't like run into the system and expired like a coupon. It literally won't work. Like even if the cashier wanted to give her the discount, he can't just plug in minus 30% for no good reason. He needs to scan the coupon and the, if the coupon doesn't scan, the coupon doesn't scan, man. So he tries to explain that. The Karen is not hearing it. The Karen, all the words go in one ear and they float out the other. And she eventually goes to the classic. The classic, tried and true, just this, the most Karen-y line of all time. She demands to speak to his manager. And this is where we have the subscriber come in. So anyways, Alex, the subscriber, the manager of this kind of, uh, uh, business or whatever, this, uh, you don't call it a chain if it's not a restaurant, right? Um, be sitting there doing his whatever, his little spreadsheets or something. When he hears a knock on the door, he says, come in. And he sees uh, the cashier um, walk in. He's like, oh, how's it going? This was kind of a newer cashier, signed him two weeks ago. I mean, Alex is pretty new too, but this guy was even newer. He says, hey, we got a little situation. Someone wants to speak to you for some issues regarding an expired coupon. And Alex was kind of looking at him like, look, is there any way you can tell her, like, the company policy is company policy, because I'm a little busy right now. Because he was a little busy right now, right? So the cashier's like, all right, I'll try and do that. Two minutes later, the cashier, you know, Alex is sitting there trying to balance his budget or whatever, figure out, like, what goes in the little bubbles, and he hears another knock on his door. He's like, okay, come in. It's the same guy, the same cashier comes in. And basically what happened is he went back to the Karen, tried to explain that the manager was a little busy, but he said that, oh, well, I don't know. Company policy is company policy. And it turns out the Karen started to get really mad at him and demanded to, that she said that she would not move her spot in line until she was able to speak to someone of authority, a.k.a. his manager. So, yeah, she was starting to cause a scene, and uh, she was also backing up one of two cash registers. People were moving to the other line, but now the other line was getting super long, and, like, the one person standing behind the Karen was starting to lose his mind or whatever. So, eventually, the manager walks out. And the manager and the cash, re- uh, the cash register, the manager and the cashier, no, the cash register did not sprout a bunch of legs and started walking around and having sentient thoughts and, you know, doomsday scenarios puncture his daily thoughts, every se- his consciousness every second. But, um, yeah, so he, the, cash reg- the cashier and the manager, I'm just calling the cash, cash register again, they walk over to Karen. And the Karen is just looking at them. And the Karen, you know, is like, I would like to speak to the manager, please. And the manager's like, hello. And the Karen looks at him and says, I would like to speak to the manager because, you know, Alex was a little bit younger. He was in his late 20s. I think, I don't know. I think for some reason the Karen thought that the manager of this home goods store was going to be some, like, slicked hair, super fancy suit, billionaire type with, like, one of those little Monopoly man mustaches and a cane or something. 
Uh, bro, it's a manager of a home goods store. It's not the Monopoly man. I don't know what your expectations are. So this is where Alex is able to say probably one of the most satisfying things. I'm the manager, ma'am. And she's like, oh, well, then you'll be able to sort this issue out quite quickly. So you see here, I have a coupon. And your, cash, your cashier, I'm calling him a cash register again. What am I doing? Your cashier over here. He's not giving me the entailed 30% off this item. And the uh, manager looks at the coupon says, well, looks like, this, looks like it says it expired over a year ago. Sorry, it's simply company policy. We can't give you a, like a, we just can't do that. I think maybe the manager would have been a little bit more generous or maybe would have allowed this to happen if the Karen wasn't the absolute worst about it, wasn't causing a scene, wasn't super demanding, wasn't basically being a big Karen because, you know, the manager, Alex, has only been around, has only been the manager for about a month, but he's lived for like 28 years. He's encountered his fair share of Karens and he knows that they all work about the same. So we basically told them or told her no. The Karen not being able to ask for his manager as he is the manager, and that would be a recursive call, is like, all right, whatever. Fine. The Karen's like, I'm not coming back to this store anytime soon. And, you know, Alex like hates to see hear that, but what is he going to do about it? Karen puts the items, oh, Karen does not put the items back. The Karen shoves the items into the cashier's hands and storms out the building as the cashier puts the items back. You guys might be thinking, well... That's the end of the Karen story. Connor, that wasn't that crazy of a Karen story. Hold on. That was literally just the introduction to the craziest Karen story ever. All right. Strap yourselves in, prepare, and let's jump into it. So anyways, the next day, the Karen returns to the store, and the cashier notices this. And also, the manager notices this because the manager was talking with one of the other cashiers for some reason, maybe about checking inventories. or I, I have no idea, but he's out of his office. And he, he recognizes the woman who stormed out saying that she would never come back to this store ever um, is back in the store. Very interesting. She goes to the aisle where the item where she wanted a discount was on, grabs the item, and instead of heading towards the cash register or cash registers, she is bolting it towards the door. So immediately, they're all like, hey, yo, whoa, one second here. And they all kind of like, you know, the manager, Alex, kind of like kind of motions to one of his like cashiers to like follow him. And they both walk over to the door and the Karen is going like stomping right towards them, kind of doing those one of those Nico Cavo like avocado like waddle walks or whatever he does. You know what I'm talking about. If you've seen it, you've seen it. Doing one of those going full steam ahead towards them. And they're kind of like, hold on, ma'am. Where are we going over here? Like, what's going on? And she's like, out of my way. Since you guys wouldn't give me the 30% off, I'm taking the law into my own hands. And I'm taking this for 100% off because of all the emotional trauma you caused me. That's going to be the other 70%. And the other 30% is the 30% I deserved in the first place. And she tries to push by them. So obviously Alex and the cashier, they don't like, they don't like, slam her to the ground they don't drop kick the karen as much as they might have wanted to they literally just stand there and the karen starts pushing through them and she starts screaming i'm being assaulted by these gentlemen and people in the store kind of turn around because when a woman screams that you're gonna take a look and maybe intervene if she actually is right and uh but no 
that they all see this woman, this Karen, trying to push through. And, like, literally Alex and the, the other cashier have their hands up above them just to prove that they aren't doing anything. They're literally just standing in front of her. And they're like, ma'am, ma'am, you cannot steal an item from the store. If you put that away, we will let you go. And she's like, no. And she takes the item. It wasn't like a brick or something. But it wasn't like a box of tissues. And she whacks the, the, the cashier in the head with it. Cashier kind of like kind of folds down a little bit. And Alex, the manager, is like, whoa. Like, whoa. Because like at this point, Alex, the manager, just kind of assumed that, oh, typical Karen behavior. And then all of a sudden, she just clocks one of, one of his employees in the head, dude. Real quick, if you made it as far into the video, comment Karen down below. And also, we're on Spotify, we're on TikTok, and some other places. Links in the description. Uh, make sure to follow me there. Finally, if you want to support the channel, the best way to do so is to, after this video, go ahead and watch some of my other story videos that I've made. A really easy way to do this or to binge my older story videos is to go to the storytime playlist in the pinned comment down below. Let me know in the comment section if you are doing this so I can personally say thank you. Anyways, though, uh, that kind of reminded me of, like, the PBS kids. Thank you to viewers like you. If you watched it, if you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. But anyways, right? So, uh, yeah, Alex, the manager, is looking at his employee who just got clocked in the head by something. He, the employee's doing all right, but he's like, oh, God. I mean, she just assaulted this employee, man. So Alex, the manager, like, like looks at someone and says, close down the store, close down the store. And he goes over, and there's, like, a button or something. It's not, like, a button that, like, a metal sheet falls down, but, like, he, okay, it wasn't a button. He went to the door and, like, locked it up from the inside, like one would do when you're closing up shop, right? So all of a sudden, all like the employees or whatever are at the door area. One of them was instructed to call 911. And the Karen right now, it's, it's like an MMA fight, bro. It's like they're in the boxing ring with the Karen because the Karen just has the item in her hand and she swing, she's swinging, she's swinging. She's just going around like that. She's just like swinging on people. Thankfully, she's not a trained fighter. So she's Swinging and missing, swinging, missing, swinging, missing, swinging, going off balance, stumbling backwards, swinging, missing again. But the whole time, she's just swinging this, like, whatever. She's trying to hit people. She hit the cashier first. They also got this all on videotape, which kind of important later on. Because eventually, the police get there, and they open up the door and let them in. The police officers are like, what is going on here? And the Karen's like, there, these men have been assaulting me. These men are attacking me. Help me, officers. And the officers are like, well, we've been told a pretty different story, ma'am. We've been told that, you know, you've been swinging on them with this item, and they point to the item in her hand, and you specifically hit one of the cashiers and, like, looks at the cashier who has kind of, like, now an ice pack on his head. It is much, it's pretty clear that the Karen is in the wrong on this one. But the Karen, being a Karen doesn't know when to let go, doesn't know when she's lost. You know what I mean? She just keeps going for it. She's kind of just like, screw it. I'm just going to keep going for it. I really don't care. So sure enough, the Karen is like, no, like you don't understand. Like you need to understand that like, you don't understand, bro. You don't get it. You don't, you, you, you arrest him. This guy over here, and points to Alex, and they all kind of turn to Alex. He has been disrespectful to his elders. And uh, police officers kind of looking at each other like, bro, what? Like, this woman really just asked me to arrest someone 
for being disrespectful to their elders. Like, and they turn to them, they're like, ma'am, please calm down. And she's like, I will never calm down. And she takes the item and she literally chucks it at one of the police officer's heads. And the police officer is like paying attention enough that he dodges it. But like the other officer looks at him, he's like, are you good? He's like, yeah, I dodged it. And they look over and the Karen is power waddling, not running, let's be real here, power waddling away into the aisles. So the officers are like, ma'am, come back here. They're not going to chase her down. See, she isn't some, like, hardened criminal who's, like, going to be able to get out of there. They know for a fact that without a mobility scooter, she isn't going more than, like, a a, a one-hundredth of a mile, right? So they walk after her slowly, and they're like, ma'am, ma'am, please, let's make this easier for all of us. Please just come back here, ma'am, 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 ma'am. So, yeah, they're, like, walking behind her, and she's like you'll never catch up with me. It's like, have you ever seen those SpongeBob episodes where like Plankton is like running away and he, cause he's like a quarter of an inch tall. He just does, isn't moving at all. Cause he's so small. Right. Mr. Krabs just like walks over to him. Basically the same situation. They're like, they're basically walking next to her, next to her. Like by like they're power walking beside her as she's frantically sprinting away. Right. And they're like, ma'am, come on now, ma'am. Ma'am, please make this job easier for all of us, and just just admit, like, just just admit you're done, right? Just like, come on, come on, come over. And she's like, no, never. They're like, all right, we didn't want to do this. So one of them goes in front of her. The other one goes behind her. It's kind of like to block her off. The one behind her gets the handcuffs out. You might be thinking, handcuffs on a Karen? Like, that's crazy. Karens should be above the law. They should be able to assault anyone that they want because they're Karens. No. Look, bro, even if you're a Karen, that doesn't mean you're allowed to assault people. And at the end of the day, she didn't just assault the cash- the cashier. She also assaulted the police officer. They had all the rights to do so, bro. Let's be honest here. They were not in the wrong on this one. Yeah, so sure enough, Karen in handcuffs is um, basically pushed to the front of the room. Or not pushed to the room. Ro- led to the front of the room. Passes by the manager and is like, and screams at the manager, you owe me a, what, insert item, right, that she wanted to buy. I don't know, like a hat. I think it was a little more substantial than a hat, but like, you owe me the item and you would have been able to get away with just having 30% off, but you legally owe it to me. And at this point, like, I don't know, the manager's like, what, I legally owe it to you? And the officers are like, don't worry, sir, go back to your job. Everyone here, you're free to go. Like, you can go back to what you're doing. And the thing was, there was, like, an entire crowd watching the whole thing because it wasn't like the Karen was the only individual in the store when they had to lock it down for her behavior. There was plenty of other people. So, so many people were just watching the whole thing go down, right? They were just watching the Karen wail on people and then get completely freaking owned, which was pretty satisfying, right? So everyone watches, and, dude, the whole audience, like, not the audience, but the crowd watching basically erupts into applause as the Karen is walked out. And the Karen is yelling at them, like, you should be on my side. I fight for the consumer. Like, I fight for you. I am just an old lady who wanted to use 30% off, so I was doing what was I thought was right. And the manager's like, so attempting to steal like the item and then assaulting us yeah and she's like well when you put it like that it sounds bad and then that she's like you know she keeps on yelling or whatever as she's being escorted out by the police officers moral of the story is uh uh don't 
be a Karen, bro. Click on the video on screen right now. I know you'll enjoy it. Just click it. Do it. Today, we get a story time of a Karen who smacks the teacher for failing her son. Yeah, some people, you know, sometimes Karens ask to talk to the manager. Sometimes Karens will stomp their feet and get mad. But in this case, the Karen actually attacked the freaking teacher because her son didn't do any of the work. Let's jump right into it. So we're going to call the subscriber who submitted this story Jay. And anyways, in Jay's class, there's a kid who we're going to call the spoiled kid. And the spoiled kid is your stereotypical spoiled rich kid. Everything had ever, like anything he could have wanted had been given to him. And, you know, everything about him, his entire personality was the fact that he's loaded or his parents are loaded. Let's just be specific. And just for example, he would, whenever like he got a new something, so like, oh, he got the new Gucci shoes or something like that, he would come into class and he would like show off to everyone how he got the new what or got the new what, you know, like the whatever, right? And also, it would just be little things like that, such as, like, in class one day, I was like, oh, what did you guys do over vacation? And the spoiled kid went to, like, I don't know, like, the Mykonos Islands, which, if you don't know, it's, like, a really popular tourist location, but it's also a really expensive one. And you can go, like, really, you can, it costs a lot of money to go up there, right? I've never been, but it looks pretty cool, maybe one day. But anyways, maybe if he just said, oh, I went to, like, Mykonos and uh, kind of left it at that, no one would really care. Or at least it, you know, it would be fine. I wouldn't call him a spoiled kid if he literally just responded to the teacher's question as anyone would respond. But he went on to be like, I went to Mykonos, and I went there for an entire week, and I flew over there in a private jet, and I stayed in a five-star hotel, and I went on a shopping spree and spent $2,000 on designer clothes and yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So this spoiled kid was, you know, this kid was just a spoiled kid, right? And uh, he also had a massive Karen mom. And this mom was literally notorious. She was known as being the biggest Karen ever, even before this story in which she smacks the teacher for failing her son, right? She was known as the biggest Karen ever, even before this. For example, this all had like a, a couple months ago, in the very beginning of school, it was like parents were allowed to come in to, to see their kids or whatever. And the Karen immediately rolls up in like, I don't know, super expensive car or whatever. And uh, she parks in the back. And there was parking in the front and parking in the back. And when it's finally like the time is like the, the day is over, kids are let out. They're all walking out with their parents, and this is when Jay, the subscriber, and his mom overhear yelling, and they, and they look around, and they see the Karen, the spoiled kid's mom, screaming about, my car has been stolen, my car is worth $100,000, and it's been stolen, which one of you peasants stole my car? And uh, yeah, the truth was she just forgot that she parked it in the back instead of parking it in the front, and uh, it was, it was kind of embarrassing for everyone else but her. I really don't think that Karen cared because she was able to tell everyone that she drove a $100,000 car and you need to know it, right? So, uh, yeah, this mom was already known as a Karen and this kid was already known as a spoiled kid. So let's jump ahead to the actual story. So Jay is in class and this spoiled kid is failing this class. He's not doing anything. 
So this kid was basically failing this class. Every day he would show, well, actually, not every day he'd show up. Every day then he showed up. He showed up like a third of the time, which in college, skipping your class, you can actually still do really well. And I know kids that get like A's in their class and never show up. They only show up the days of tests and quizzes or whatever. Because the truth is, in college, sometimes it's honestly worth, I'm going to be honest, and maybe this advice will be taken the wrong way by some people, so understand your own levels, but sometimes teachers will try and explain subjects in an hour that it, you could have learned in a 20-minute YouTube video, and going to the class just doesn't make sense. You know, sometimes teachers are really good at their subject matter, but they're just not good at teaching. And whatever, I don't think I'd be that good at teaching. But this kid never showed up to class. In the times that he did, he was always on his phone. He never paid a single bit of attention. And whenever it was like the teacher was like, okay, hand in your homework, the kid would always be like, sorry, I'll get it to you later. Basically, the kid handed in zero homework assignments. Also, when the test came around, this kid very clearly did poorly. Um, so, I mean, Jay, the subscriber, doesn't know the result of every single test that this kid did, but he saw one of the results, and the kid literally got like a 28%. Like, I think he only got 28% because he wrote his name down on the piece of paper. I don't really, like, that's probably the only reason. I don't think he got any of the other points. So one day, Jay needed to ask the teacher a question. And it was one of those questions that was more personalized, so he just knew that the teacher would have appreciated it if he asked it after class. And also Jay, who just likes a little bit of privacy, even though it wasn't a very private situation, decided that he was going to ask a question to the teacher after the class. So he decides to wait after class. And he, and he tells the teacher, hey, I have a question for you after class. And the teacher's like, okay, cool. So he asked the question. And the teacher, before class period ended, also asked Jay to stay, to be like, hey, Jay, can you stay after class for a second? Jay kind of rolls his eyes or whatever. And uh, so, uh, not Jay, sorry, the spoiled kid. This, he asked the spoiled kid to stay after class, and the spoiled kid kind of rolls his eyes, he's like, whatever, dude. But Jay asks his question, the teacher answers it, and then Jay goes back to the back of the classroom so he can pick up his, uh, his backpack, put that thing all together, and leave to go to his next class. So while he's doing that, he overhears the conversation that the spoiled kid and the teacher are having. The teacher basically explains to the spoiled kid, look, I've never failed a student before. I really only like giving out A's and B's, but there is no way that I, can't, I cannot not fail you right now. If what's going on right now continues, I'm sorry, but it's very likely that you'll fail this class. And the spoiled kid kind of like perks up a little bit because while the spoiled kid put zero effort in, he was kind of expect, expecting to get C's or whatever. And the spoiled kid's like, what? Is that because you don't like me? Is that because you don't appreciate my lifestyle? And like the teacher's like, what? No, it's very clearly defined. The class attendance is 30%. Homework is 30%. Test quizzes and other is the other 20%. Like I really can't, or 40%. I, I didn't, I, I didn't, okay. Those probably don't add up. I didn't even think about it. Just make those add up. I, I, I don't have that part written down. I made that up off the top of my head. So don't be like, oh, computer science major can't even add numbers together. Shut up. Anyways, um, the teacher basically explains that even being super generous, 
in the departments, like saying he got 100% attendance when he showed up a third of the time, or like giving him extra credit or whatever, he's not even close to passing the class. So the teacher basically says, look, if you show up to every class, or basically every class, I'll allow one or two mistakes, right? If you basically show up to every other class, every class, and you pay attention, and it looks like you're paying attention, I will make sure that you pass even if the numbers don't add up. But if things continue as they are, it's unlikely that you'll pass. So normally, bro, in my opinion, if I was given this opportunity as the spoiled kid, basically the teacher saying, you don't even need to try. You just need to show up. You need to do the bare minimum and I will let you pass my class. That's like a golden opportunity. That is such a good opportunity that the teacher's giving this kid. This kid completely, this, he has the craziest reaction ever. Because the kid looks offended and looks at the teacher and is like, I'm not playing into your games. I'm not falling for that. I'm out of here, man. And the kid storms out of the class. Real quick, subscribe if you're new and you like story videos. Comment spoiled down below or comment Karen. I'm giving you two options for the secret word of the day. I'll try and heart as many of those comments as I can. Uh, obviously, leave a like in the video to claim your free nothing and let's get back and do it. So anyways, the teacher is kind of taken a little bit back because he did just offer this kid a pretty nice opportunity. In fact, Jay's like low key. If I just had to show up and do nothing and I got like a C guaranteed, I don't know, man, it'd be tempting. But anyways, the next day comes around, and the next day is where all the action really comes in. Because Jay sits in class, and the spoiled kid is nowhere to be seen. However, this is not out of the blue, and especially after the spoiled kid like stormed out of class at the very end when he's talking to the teacher, he could understand that the spoiled kid was probably like, quote-unquote, protesting the class or something really stupid. That would make sense to the spoiled kid simply because he's a spoiled kid. So anyways, right, eventually, that is not the case. The spoiled kid, in fact, does show up to class. However, the spoiled kid does not show up to class alone because the teacher is in, is in the middle of teaching when the door slams open. Normally, when you're late to class, you're trying to be as, like, sneaky. Not sneaky, that has a bit of connotations. You're trying to be as quiet and discreet and kind of just respectful when you enter in late. I know, because, you know, I can be late every once in a while. It happens, right? I come in, I'm a little bit late. Teacher's in the middle of lecture. What I'll do, I'll quietly open the door. I'll swiftly, but not drawing attention to me swiftly, make my way to the back of the classroom, sit down, and just pretend like nothing happened. And most of it, that's how you're supposed to do it, right? If you're late, it's how you're supposed to do it. Spoil kid slams the door open. And so he slams it so intensely that the teacher in the class could not ignore him. He basically got all their attention like that. So everyone turns around to look at the spoil kid. And it's not just the spoil kid in the door. It is the spoil kid and his notoriously Karen mom. We're just going to call her the Karen and him the spoil kid, just for clarification. So the spoiled kid doesn't even say a word for the next interaction. The Karen immediately bursts into yelling. She's like, you're failing my son because you're prejudiced against him because he's rich. And the teacher is just looking at her blankly, just like, bruh, what? 
Like, dude, I don't know what you're saying or how you came to such a ridiculous conclusion is basically his train of thought right now, which makes sense because how did one come to such a conclusion like this? But anyways, the Karen goes on and is like, I know that the only reason you're failing my son is because you're, you're rich phobic. <laughs> and the, someone in the class, in the way back to class, like let out a, like a, a very clear laugh. And like the Karen turned around and gave him a, like a death stare, but then turned back to the teacher. And the teacher's like, ma'am, at this point, the teacher really kind of gave up any form of privacy. He was going to give the spoiled kid because he's, he's being confronted in front of the entire class. So he goes on to say, ma'am, like, no disrespect, but I'm not, or like, not even no disrespect. He doesn't say that. He says, ma'am, I'm not being quote unquote rich phobic, whatever that's supposed to mean. Your son is failing the class because he never shows up and attendance is 30% of the grade. He has never handed in a single homework assignment, which is 30% of the grade. And I don't even want to tell you his quiz and test average, which is 40% of the grade. There's a reason why he's failing, and he's not failing because I'm quote-unquote rich-phobic. That's ridiculous. And the Karen completely ignores it. It's like, my son is telling me that you hate him because, you know, when you question him on his lifestyle and he, you know, answers your questions, that you got this look on your face of being super jealous because you want to live his life because he's so cool like that. Which is like, did the Karen literally just say, my son is so cool like that, that's why you hate him and I'm failing him? Like, you really got to question, what's going on in this Karen's head? Does she have an internal monologue? Does she actually think? Or is she literally just like, look, is this spoiled kid controlling this, like this, her, his mom with a little antenna, right? Is, is it like when Plankton jumped into SpongeBob's head and replaced his brain with like Plankton's, Plankton's device or whatever? Because it kind of sounds like this by the way that the Karen is acting. The teacher reiterates, no, that is not why. Your son is failing the class because he is, you know, not doing what is necessary to pass the class. The teacher just says it point blank, nice and easy, spells it out for the Karen. One would believe that it would be like understood, but no, the Karen actually starts to get up in the teacher's face and is like, I'm going to give you to the count of three to change his grade from an F to an A plus or else, which first of all, uh, first of all, a billion things. First of all, you're going to wait, give him the count of three. Dude, I swear, the only thing, the only time where you can count down and it does anything is if you're doing that, if you're saying that to, like, a four-year-old. If you tell a four-year-old you're going to count to three and they have to go to bed, then they'll go to bed. If you tell a teacher you're going to count to three to change your son's grade from an F to an A+, because you're rich-phobic AF, then no, that's not going to work. This is a fully grown adult, bro. Second of all... What do you mean, or else? I mean, we're about to see what you meant by or else, but at the same time, it's like, bro, what is the Karen going to do over here? So the teacher looks at her and says, I'm not changing the grade. I'm standing firmly on that. I've already told your son that if he simply attends class, I will consider not failing him. The teacher has to be a little bit careful by the way he says it, because he said it a bit more generously to the spoiled kid in private, 
but in public he can't be like, oh yeah, if you just show up, I'll give you a C. Because then kids would just be like just showing up, right? And the Karen says three. She literally starts the countdown. And the teacher says, look, I don't want any trouble, but I'm not changing my mind. And I've already said this, but your son, if he just attended class, would at least get it. He would not be failing. Two. The Karen responds with two. The teacher's like, I'm not changing my mind. And at this point, Jay and all the other kids in the class started to realize that something was about to go down. They could kind of feel the fight energy in the air. They could feel a little spark that was kind of starting to create itself, right? They felt that something was coming. One. The Karen... Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I just said Karen in the middle of like a burp. So that's why I came out like, Karen? 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 If you want to clip that, go ahead. Um, but there's actually a clip feature on YouTube, which is kind of cool. You'll probably get more views in this video, which would be funny. But anyways, right, so sure enough, the Karen is looking at him. And the teacher is staring her down. And everybody in the class is just looking. And they're waiting, and they just want to see what is about to happen. And the Karen looks at the teacher and is like, I warned you. Boom! Smacks him across the face. It's dead silent before, before the smack. So when the Karen actually makes contact with the teacher, you can hear that smack and it reverberates around the room, right? It is the loudest smack of the century. Everyone's mouths drop. Everyone's slack-jawed. Some girl gasps. Some guy has his hand on his mouth, right? It's like, oh my God, this Karen mom legitimately just smacked our teacher across the face simply because, you know, he doesn't... Well, why did she do that? Simply because she, she's claiming that he's rich-phobic for failing her son, for never showing up, never handing in the homework, and never doing well on the tests. Like, bro. So at this point, the teacher recovers because he's so shocked by the fact that he was just smacked across the... Smacked across the face by this Karen mom, because he was not seeing that coming, right? And he immediately picks up his phone. He's like, yeah, I need you guys to come down here. We got a situation. Puts his phone down. It wasn't super clear who he called, but it turns out that he called, like, school security. All of the teachers were supposed to have them on speed dial just in case there was an emergency or a student got out of hand or for some reason they were needed, just in case there was a rogue Karen who entered the school, who was trying to smack people who she claimed were quote-unquote rich-phobic. That's a very common situation, apparently, and they were trained accordingly. So the, you know, the teacher's like, ma'am, like, you know you just hit me in front of all, like, the students. And she's like, yeah, and if you don't change my son's grade from an F to an A+, there's going to be more of that coming at you. And also, you're rich-phobic, and I can't stand for that. And she turns to the kid. She's like, we won't stand for any phobia, including rich phobia. Chant with me now. And uh, all the kids are just looking at her blankly. Like, bro, you did not just try and latch onto, a, uh, onto the broad social movement for justice to slap on, oh, yeah, guys, by the way, rich phobia, man. I hate it. Guys, I'm with you. Now, help me get my son an A plus because he never shows up. Okay, guys? Like, bro, bro was really trying to, really trying to latch on to that. 
And so Jay the subscriber looks at like, he looks at the spoiled kid, because he was thinking, no way the spoiled kid isn't super embarrassed right now. Like, sure, he definitely wanted his mom to come and like, get him the A+, but he was probably thinking that his mom was not about to smack the teacher in front of everyone and then try and get the entire class to be on his side. He was probably thinking, oh, my mom will just come in here and be super chill or something. Just like, get it done easily. And like, I, Jay was like, oh, this kid must be super embarrassed. But no, this kid almost seemed super happy that his mom was making a big deal out of it. He almost seemed like excited that she smacked the teacher across the face for no good reason. So sure enough, the teacher is like, no, I'm not going to give you another A. I'm not going to give your son an A. I don't care if you're going to hit me more times. I will not bend my morals to comply to your tyranny. He's being a little dramatic, but I also understand he's in a very uh, unusual, to say the least, situation that we don't all find ourselves in, or at least I hope, you know, that we don't find ourselves in, right? So sure enough, the, the Karen is like, okay, well, you asked for it. I'm going to count down to three again, and you already know what's up. So this time, the teacher was more in a fighting stance. He wasn't about to dropkick the Karen, which would be pretty hilarious, and I would be down to see it. But he was probably going to try and dodge or avoid or gently block or whatever. And the Karen's like, three! And that's when the door slams open. And these two big security guards grab the Karen by both of her arms. And she's screaming, assault! These men are assaulting me! Somebody help! Help me! The security guards are like, we're neutralizing a threat and the threat is you. And they literally drag her out by the arms, bro. And she is screaming and thref, like thrashing. She's like, I'm being assaulted and that rich phobic teacher isn't doing anything about it. Cancel him, destroy him. She gets dragged out the door, clicks behind her. And uh, the spoiled kid left with his mom being dragged out. The spoiled kid was not about to sit down in class after that just happened. And yeah, the spoiled kid never changed his attitude, so he ended up failing the class, which it was like the first time a kid had failed a class at this school, at this high school, in the longest time. Not saying every kid was an academic weapon or anything, but at the end of the day, the kids at least showed up, and the teachers were generous enough to be like, okay, you're showing up, you'll at least get a C. Like, I know you're failing the test, but you're doing your best, man. So yeah, moral of the story is... Guys, if the morals aren't clear, click on the video on screen right now. I know you'll enjoy it. Just click it, do it. In today's insane story time, this Karen ruins her own son's wedding. Yes, this Karen couldn't let anything not go her way, so she literally ruins her own son's wedding on his very special day. This is an insane story, so strap in, subscribe if you're new to the channel, and let's just jump right into it. Anyway, so we're going to call the subscriber who submitted this story Aiden. So anyways, Aiden was in his late 20s, and he met this girl who we're going to call Caroline, right? And they got along really well. However, Aiden had a very uh, complicated, to say the least, relationship with his mother as, you know, I don't know, just like growing up, it was always like a little tense or whatever. And his mom was uh, admittedly a Karen, right? Definitely base definition of a Karen. So anyways, uh, this was another example of her being a big Karen because she was like, just disapproving of Caroline for really no good reason. Like, it wasn't like, 
Caroline was, you know, not doing anything and super unmotivated or really mean or had some kind of legitimate reason why the mom would be a little bit, I don't know, defensive. I think as a parent, you should kind of chill out when it comes to telling your kids who they should marry. But I can at least understand if like your child is going to marry someone that you see a bajillion red flags and you know that they're just young, dumb and in love and like you don't want them to make life changing decisions, especially when you get married officially, it's like 50% of your income. It's a big deal to get married. However, there was literally nothing wrong with Caroline. She was like the most normal girl ever, dude. But for some reason, you know, uh, the subscriber's Karen mom, Aiden's Karen's mom, just would never let go of the fact that she's like, oh, you can't marry that girl. You can't marry that girl. You can't marry that girl again and again and again and again. It was getting kind of annoying. So yeah, anyways, uh, eventually um, Aiden does propose to this girl. It's a whole thing or whatever. So Aiden's mom and dad are separate. They separated. Aiden's dad is like, hey, yo, bro, I can't take this Karen anymore, dude. I'm out of here. So he was really happy. Uh, Caroline's parents were really happy. Aiden's cousins, his aunt, uncle, everyone else in both of their families was super excited because they knew how good they were for each other, except one individual. And I bet you guys can get which, I, I bet you guys can guess which individual was not so happy of Aiden and Caroline getting married. If you guess the Karen, then you are, yes, correct. Yeah, so uh, anyways, right, uh, Aiden eventually, he, he doesn't tell his mom right away because he's like, oh, God, I already know how she's going to react to this. I already know how she's going to act. I know she's going to be like, I don't give you permission. And as your mom, I'm not going to let you do this. You're going to ruin your life. I'm going to whatever, write a lot of stuff. And here's the thing. Aiden's a grown, a grown freaking man. And it wasn't like his mom was like funding his entire life, too. He was 100% of independent but he just kind of believed that, you know, family is like one of the only, like if everything in the world gets reduced, like down to nothing, like you lose all your friends. A lot of times like family may or may not be the only thing you have left. So Aiden really put in the effort to stay in touch with everybody in his family, his, you know, his mom, his dad, everyone, even if some family members, AKA the mom was a little bit of a Karen all the time. So eventually he calls up his mom. He's like, Hey mom, I want to let you know that I proposed to Caroline and she's like, you cannot, you need to undo that right now. You're not allowed to get married to that woman. Da, 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 I forbid it. And like, bro, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you're trying to do here. Like your son is completely independent. You really think he's just going to not going to marry this girl that he's basically madly in love with. And just, it would be a great marriage, right? Just because you forbid it. What are you going to do? Cut the funding, which he has none of? Like, what are you going to do? Like show up to his house with a crowbar? Like, bro, what are you trying to do right now? So, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know what the Karen is uh, thinking, but at this point, Jeff, or not, sorry, not Jeff, uh, Aiden kind of saw that coming. So he's like, yeah, okay, uh, I'll talk to you later, mom, bye, and hangs up the phone. Because he just kind of needed to tell, like, he just needed to tell, right? He just needed to tell her and stuff like that or whatever. Yeah, so anyways, okay, almost right away, everyone else in the family started to plan the wedding because I don't know if you guys know, but weddings are a really big deal and it, at least it takes a lot of planning. Like, even if you want to have a really low-key wedding and just invite a few people, there's still so much money and planning and headache that goes into it. So thankfully, everyone else in the family was trying to help out. That is, of course, the Karen mother was not. Apparently, or at least Aiden's dad told Aiden that the Karen, his Karen mom was trying to, at every single point, throw, like, some kind of problem in, like, try and make things more difficult, try and literally sabotage the wedding from ever happening. However, the wedding does happen. So when it's time to give out invitations, you know, Aiden calls up his mom individually. He's like, look, I know you aren't approving of this wedding. I know you're not approving of the marriage, 
But at the end of the day, you're my mom. So I am extending an invitation for you to come. And she's like, oh, what day is it? She knew what day it was, but she still said that anyways. He's like, uh, August 28th. And she's like, I don't know if I can make that. I am very busy. And Aiden, in the back of his head, is like, oh, please don't show up, bro. Like, I'm not trying to have you here anyways. Like, it was literally a courtesy, dude. Like, I'm extending that as a courtesy. I really don't want you here, man. Like, do what you want to do. Don't show up if you don't want to show up. That's 100% cool with me. But she was really just bluffing, trying to just show him that, like, oh, she doesn't approve of it, me, 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 all that kind of stuff, right? So, uh, yeah, sure enough, um, she does show up. So let's skip ahead to the wedding. Many months later, it is eventually time for the wedding. Things are going really well. And if you don't know, in some weddings, there is a, like, a something called a rehearsal dinner, and that is the dinner you have before the actual wedding. So you get all the guests together, whatever, lots of fun. And the rehearsal dinner was happening at this place that was near where the wedding was happening. So anyways, uh, Aiden, Caroline, everyone else in the family, they show up. It's really great mood. It's just like the vibes are immaculate, bro. I mean, two people are getting married. They're in love, man. Life is good. Well, the vibes were good, I should say. I got to clarify that the vibes did not stay good forever. Because sure enough, the Karen makes herself, or makes her presence very clear. So she walks in and she just like, she kind of has this aura, this kind of energy of like disapproval, anger, I'm upset, yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff, right? And it completely clashed with everyone else's jolly, nice, like love is in the air, this is so exciting type energy. We're about to have a good dinner, good food, whatever. It, it totally clashed with that, bro. So yeah, sure enough, you know, the Karen just sits down. It's like, meh, 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 meh. And they're all just kind of like looking at her. And she just starts sighing really loud. And Aiden looks over and like, he kind of placed like his mom kind of far down, like away from him and Caroline. And uh, I mean, she was maybe upset about that. But bro, I really don't blame him. I mean, his mom is low-key a loose cannon. Like, I don't know, if she's trying to, like, sabotage the wedding, which she already was, and spoiler, she really tries and basically does, that, you know, he, he doesn't want her to sit right next to him and his bride, like, I don't know. But she apparently was huffing, puffing, grunting, being really annoying, right? Eventually, like, the menus are served, so basically a waiter comes around and gives everyone a menu. And the Karen looks over the menu, and she starts making a big fuss, like, nothing on here appeals to me. This, nothing, this all looks terrible. I don't want any of this. Just saying like super Karen stuff and bro, it was like a really good menu with a lot of options. Normally at weddings, like dude, I'm gonna be honest, you get one option, you get like one or two options, like meat option or vegetarian option, or you eat nothing and have a glass of water. Those are literally your options, dude. But this one was like four to five different meals on there. It really covered the range. There's a vegetarian option, chicken, steak, pasta. And it wasn't like super exotic where maybe it would make sense that the Karen was like not used to that kind of stuff. It was very just basic food, bro. It was very just standard, but it was really good. It was just like standard food that was very simple, something that everyone would like. However, is this done really well? Yeah. So uh, anyways, Aiden kind of notices this and is just like, oh God. He kind of turns to Caroline like, yep, we're going to have to deal with a lot of this. Like just be prepared. Like this is really annoying, but whatever. And so sure enough, the Karen is having a whole fuss when the waiter comes over. She demands like a really complex order, a really complicated, difficult order or something like that. And, you know, the waiter's like, okay, we can try and do that. But, you know, our kitchen isn't really prepared because the kitchen was prepared to serve these types of meals for the wedding. 
However, they still went out of their way to make sure that everyone was satisfied, that everyone was happy. So sure enough, Karen got what she wanted, bro. Like the Karen got what she wanted. Um, whether that was best for everyone or not, it doesn't really matter in the Karen's world, bro. As long as she's winning, then that's all that matters. So yeah, uh, the rest of the dinner was okay. I mean, actually, I should say the dinner was great. It was just the fact that the Karen mom was there that was completely like, I don't know, like ru not ruining everything, but really just putting a damper. Thankfully, though, uh, Aiden and uh, Caroline, they were sitting on like the opposite side of a really, 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 really long table. So they didn't have to deal with most of the Karen's sh shenanigans, nonsense, etc. right? They didn't have to deal with most of that, which is really nice. And uh, yeah, shenanigans. I'm not going to make that the secret word. Don't worry. I don't think I can spell that. But anyways, right, so the Karen is sitting at the end of the table. Table is the secret word of the day. So if you made it this far into the video, comment table down below. And also, while you're in the comment section, there's a pinned comment, and the first link is to Spotify. We have a Spotify account, or I have a Spotify account, where you can listen to these stories as podcasts. Make sure you go ahead and follow it. And if you're listening right now on Spotify, rate the podcast five stars. I would really appreciate it. And also, in the pinned comment is a link to another channel I have. Please subscribe. I think you will enjoy it too. Yeah, but uh, anyways, uh, the rest of the night was pretty good. Things really go down and things get really bad on the actual day of the wedding. That's where the Karen actually somewhat successfully ruins the wedding, at least for a little bit. So yeah, the night before, you know, once again, uh, basically uh, Aiden's dad is the goat. He's letting him know everything that's going wrong. And Aiden's dad lets Aiden know, hey, by the way, son, uh, your mom is not having a good time. And Aiden responds, well, I mean, how much can I do about that? I spent like we... He basically was like, look, this is a great wedding. This is a beautiful wedding. There is nothing that I can do because I know the only reason why she is angry and mad, and not just because she's a Karen, but because she doesn't like my wife. And there's, I'm not going to change that. There's nothing that's going to change that's going to make her happy. And Aiden said, it's like, dude, I get it. I totally agree. I just want to let you know that she's been talking to all the guests. And this, like, I just want to let you, I don't know. She's, like, talking about how she's going to have to put an end to this. And that she's going to make sure her son doesn't make a choice, like a make a choice that he will regret and pay for. And he's like, I don't know if that means, but you know, your mom is very dramatic, and she uh, loves you very much, I guess. And they both kind of laughed after that. And he's like, Look, son, but on the serious, bro, like, or the serious son, like, I don't know what she's going to do. So maybe just be prepared that when the priest says, you know, does anyone have any reasons why they should not be wed? you know, speak now, forever hold your peace, that we might get a little chatter from her. And uh, let me just say, if that was it, then this wouldn't even really be that good of a story. I mean, it would have been a pretty good story. But let me just say that she does something much worse than that. She doesn't just, like, that would make a little bit of sense, but what she does is actually insane. So Aiden's like, okay, whatever, I'm prepared for this. Like, I I'm aware that this is something that might happen. Like, I'll just deal with it if it happens, right? So sure enough, uh, Aiden is just, I don't know. He's ready. He's ready for it. He's ready for anything. He's getting prepared. And uh, yeah, anyways, let's go to the day of the wedding itself. So the day of the wedding itself, um, it's like they wake up pretty early because I don't know if you guys re can relate to this, but I don't know when I'm really nervous slash excited because like being nervous and excited is very similar emotion actually. But when I'm really nervous or excited for something, I just can't sleep the night before. Like I am, or not even I can't sleep, but I just get up really early. Like whenever I have a massive exam and I'm worried about it, it doesn't matter if I get six hours, 10 hours or one hour of sleep, I will wake up super early. I can't really sleep like late that much, which is good on, ma on major exam days. But so anyways, Aiden and his wife are up right away. 
Yeah, but uh, anyways, right, uh, so the day of, they get there, they're ready, and just, okay, so this was a pretty big event, meaning that they had a lot of people coming, and so just for future reference for later on in the story, I want to let you know that they hired a security guard, just, just for precaution's sake, they found one that wasn't crazy expensive, a lot of family members were really cool, and they were contributing to the budget, so they had a little bit of money to spend, and they thought, okay, let's, so many people here, we don't know what could happen. Just for the sake of it, let's get a security guard. Boy, did that help them out later, but you're going to have to sit around and see to see why. So anyways, right, yeah, Aiden, Caroline, super excited, super nervous. They separate to go, like, get ready, because I don't think you're supposed to see each other before you walk the aisles after a certain point. And uh, Aiden is there, and he, he's kind of, like, chilling with the other, like, with the best man and the other guys there. A lot of his high school friends, college buddies, work buddies, you know, all those type of people, right? And that's when he hears a knock on the door. But it's not a normal knock. Like a normal person would knock, like knock, knock, knock. This was like, it's just like, whoa, okay, bro, chill out, bro. So they open the door and it is the Karen mom. And she's like, Aiden, I'm telling you, this woman is a ball. She needs to be, no, don't do it, Aiden. No. I am your mother. You must listen to me. You must listen to me now. You are a little boy and I know more than you. You are not going to marry this woman if it's the last thing I do. I will not stop at anything. I'm giving you one more chance, Aiden. One more chance or I will stop it myself. And Aiden's like, whoa. Chill the frick out, bro. Take a chill pill. Mom, like, come on. Chill out. Like, we've been talking about this forever and I'm not changing my mind, especially not 30, like, 30 minutes before I'm walking out there to get married. Look, I wasn't even sure if I wanted to invite you for this reason alone, but I did because you are my mother, and that means a lot to me alone. Please don't ruin this special day for me. And the Karen almost seems like she agreed, or not agreed, but it almost seems like she was like not going to do anything because she kind of calms down. She's like, okay, well, I respect that decision. And she walks out. So normally most people think, oh, well, bet, like she actually is going to like chill out for once, but no, (laughs) no. Yeah, so let's go to the actual, like the wedding ceremony itself. So everyone was in the pews, except for the Karen. She was missing. And when Aiden was up there waiting for, you know, his wife to be walked down the aisle by her dad, Aiden was kind of surveying the crowd, looking at the audience, just seeing who was there and really kind of just looking where, I don't know, really just looking where his mom is because he's like, oh God, what's she going to do? And she was missing. And Aiden was both worried, confused. He had a lot of like, part of him was like, okay, thank God she maybe left knowing that, you know, maybe she didn't want to witness me marry this girl and she just wanted to dip, which he was like, that's a little sad, I guess. Like, I feel like I want my mom here at my own wedding ceremony. But the other part of him was like a little worried because he's like, well, she's not here, meaning I can't keep an eye on her. So she could be up to literally anything. And truth was, she was up to something. That was pretty bad, dude. Yeah, so eventually, you know, uh, Aiden sees, you know, his wife being walked down the aisle. It's the whole ceremony. They get to the point where the priest is like, all right, you know, say your vows. And they go through and they say your vows and it's beautiful. It's great. The atmosphere is lovely. Everyone in the crowd is like tearing up. They're like, oh my God, the my little, my little Aiden is all grown up now. <laughs> all that kind of stuff, right? It's great. Um, so that's when the priest says, if anyone has any reason why these two should not get together, 
or be married or be wed or whatever, speak up now. And Aiden just had a huge knot in his stomach. Because when he said that, he remembered exactly what his dad said, which was, you know, if your mom, hey, son, like your mom's like not super happy about this and you know how she is. And, you know, if she's going to say something, it's probably going to be now. It's probably going to be at that point. So Aiden kind of just braces for impact for like a barrage of screaming coming from the audience. However, he's chilling, bro. He doesn't hear anything. And that's when the priest is like, all right, like you may now kiss the bride. Aiden should have been a bit more prepared because uh, this is where things all went wrong. So that is when the Karen, you know, kind of like, think of like a church because that's where this wedding was held, right? Think about at the very end of the church, like how there's big doors, which is how you all will go walk into it. So Aiden watch hears as these two big doors burst open and he looks up and he sees his Karen mom standing at the very end and with the doors are opened up and in her hand is a big old fire extinguisher and she screams not today and she starts running well kind of like waddle jumping or whatever <laughs> i mean she's a She's kind of a chungus Karen, but anyways, she starts, she screams, not today. And she starts extinct, letting go the, like spraying the fire extinguisher all over the crowd as she's sprinting or sprinting, whatever, chungus Karen's sprinting type, right? And she's running, waddling down the aisle, spraying it everywhere on everyone. And eventually after spraying everyone, she gets to the bride and groom and shows them no mercy. And <laughs> Sprays them all with the fire extinguisher. And that's when the security guard actually comes in clutch. He was a little late to the party for sure. But that's when the security guard basically tackles the Karen and drags her out of there. So yeah, they're at a situation now that everybody is covered in fire extinguisher and the whole thing is basically ruined. So uh, they have to think really quickly. So almost immediately, uh, Aiden goes, gets the microphone and says, Hey everyone, so that's my mom. <laughs> and they all kind of laugh a little nervously, a little awkwardly, whatever, right? So they all laugh about it, and he says, look, we're just going to finish this wedding ceremony. Some people don't want us to be together, but we're not going to let that keep us apart, right? And he looks at, you know, Caroline, she kind of smiles at him, and it's one of those situations where it's like, it doesn't have to be perfect, and being sprayed by a fire extinguisher by a crazy Karen is definitely not the definition of perfect in everyone's book, but sometimes imperfect stuff this is how it is. And, you know, kind of how it was actually quite a beautiful moment after that. It was almost as if the Karen made the ceremony even more touching because through it could have been totally ruined at that point. They could have just been like, ah, screw this or whatever. We'll just do it later. But no, they finished up the wedding ceremony and they walked down the aisle covered in like a fire extinguisher and everyone burst out in applause and whatever. And they're walking out of out of the the church covered in fire extinguisher, and there's some passerby people that were looking like, hey, bro, what? It's a little sus over there because everyone's covered in white foam. It's like, oh, bro, what? Uh, and eventually they get into their car. It's, it's, the whole thing's ruined, right? A fire extinguisher everywhere. But they couldn't care less because they're about to start a new chapter of their life.